Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey, Wise Guys is back. It's Super Bowl week. Welcome to the number one BYU sports global live stream. And uh, we're excited to be here. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler. Uh, we have an awesome show tonight. So much stuff to talk about. It's amazing how many things can happen between a Monday and a Monday. Yeah, and it's... I mean, we're right in, in the thick of it now, too. We're in the middle of basketball season, um, college basketball season. It's Super Bowl week. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's recruiting week where National Signing Day is like, there's just so much going on. It's a far cry from the middle of the summer. Although, we found last summer that Zip by. there was just stuff going on. There's oh, It seems like sports and, and sports tied to BYU never really slows. I mean, it slows down, but it never really stops. But but this is peak time with lots and lots going on. So make sure you follow us on YouTube. We're going to put the link in the chat uh, and then hit the subscribe button. It's free. We're also live on Facebook, Twitch. Um, but most importantly, you got to go to ysguys.com. If that's where you come in, thanks for doing that. But go, go to wiseguys.com, ysguys.com, and... Uh, and make sure you subscribe there, too, because then you're going to get a weekly email. And when you get the weekly email, it has highlights from the show, all of our past interviews, yeah. e everything. They'll give you a, a quick update if we're going to do something like this last week. You and I, um, we did a middle of the week, just half hour hit. Um, on the new th schedule. Th that we posted on the new schedule. So that kind of stuff, it'll give you a heads up that that's out there. Um, so make sure you go to ysguys.com and subscribe. Interviews out there with... Folks like Steve Young and Danny Ainge and Wally Joyner, Marie Osmond, Jimmer Fredette, Kyle Van Noy, Sherry Dew, you name it, they've been on the show. Um, we got Dill G. Taylor coming on the yeah, show today. Yeah, we've got a big show tonight. Everyone's checking exciting. in on the live stream. There's Farmington, uh, Southern Arizona, uh, let's see, Henderson, Nevada, Las Vegas. You got the Chiefs, you got the uh, 49ers, and you got Dr. Ketch in Las Vegas. Yeah, Glenn Lumen's always joining us from the Philippines. Thank, thanks for being with us again from. The other side of the world, Glenn. We know it's warm down there. We're not. We're feeling good about the weather down there. We're glad you're with us. So, hey, you know what else we have? We've got something new. We've got some new neighbors. If you look back to the back wall, now Utah, Arizona, Colorado, and Arizona State, they don't join the Big 12 officially until August 2nd. But tonight on the Wise Guys, they've joined. They, they joined the wall. They've joined the wall. They joined the, joined the wall of and fame. so, uh, you know, we weren't sure we were ever going to put Utah on our wall. And then they got in the Big 12. Hey, guess my cousin Tammy's on from New York, of course. Upstate New York in the Finger Lakes region. Fantastic. T Les Tammy is Van from Drake. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yeah, we always love having Les. Les says, um, I've been looking forward to this one with Coach Taylor on the show. She's awesome. Her program and the athletes are awesome. So... And that's uh, and she's in the green room right now. Dilji's in the green room right now. Even though that's not a green carpet, I think we should do a green or a carpet. room or a room. But it's, it's not a room, the, and it's not. It but we call room. it the green room because it's where guests wait. And uh, and that's from Les, who is a world famous artist. 
So, yeah. He's, so you got that going for you tonight. Yeah. We look forward to our visit coming up in just a bit. Uh, BYU Hoops, it's a big week in the Big 12. Oklahoma tomorrow, then a home game Saturday night against Kansas State. Gary Bohannon, the new quarterback in town. Yeah. He's going to join us a little bit later tonight on the show. We'll talk about his journey to Provo and what he wants to get done. Spring practice starts in a couple of weeks, and then it's, it's go time. It's upon us, yeah. It's go time. It's crazy. So that's what we got going on tonight, and we'll take your questions to uh, – for our guests and anything that's on your mind. Let's start with some football headlines because we've got uh, a shout-out to Allen and Durango. Or is that Orongo? Sounds like Orongo. Orongo? Orongo. I, I th- Alan, if that's a real place, I need to know where it is. If it's not a real place, we need to dispel it again. And Russ, Russell's from uh, Covina, California. I, I always kind of look like I, Covina. I'm glad you're in the house. I look for all the different cities in Utah, but I always, I'm looking for when Panama shows up. Yeah, because that's always cool to have South America represented. And Singapore, or, just or is that is, is Panama Singapore. Central America? It's Central America. Yeah. So, do we have anyone from South America that ever comes on? Um, I don't know. We got Philippines. We'll have to watch. We've got Japan that joins. Australia. Yeah, we we need. England, I think England. We, we've had a few. Yeah, from England. So, yeah. uh, we're on all the time, at least available all the time, and so we'll see who pops in tonight. Uh, we have this, some scheduling news for football that's that's interesting. National Signing Day is this Wednesday, right? Uh, February seventh. We got a lot of kids back in December. They'll have a few on mm-hmm. Wednesday, and then all of a sudden you got your you got your guys outside of maybe some portal ads later in the spring to early summer. Yeah, and BYU expected to add some offensive players um, during this time. Today was really the last day that the staff was actively, actively uh, recruiting. And then uh, tomorrow they get set for signing day on Wednesday. And it's interesting. I think the early signing period and that first open portal period has become the most active now. Um, Folks just kind of want to know where they're going. And you know why, especially in the transfer portal, because they want to be in school in January. Um, so that they can be there and enrolled and compete in spring ball and get a head start. And so that, that's the bigger of the two, but certainly there'll be um, uh, some some uh, names to, to look at here come Wednesday. Hey, we love when uh, Lake Winnipesaukee from Lake Winnipesaukee joins the show and yeah. Alan from Southwest Missouri. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First practice in spring, by the way, is coming up Thursday, February 29th. Right. Can you believe it's that soon? Man. They go to full pads um, after the acclimated on Monday, March 4th. And then something you and I get to be involved in every year, which we enjoy, is the alumni game, Friday, March 22nd on BYU TV. Flag football game. and uh, We'll call yeah, it again. Max Hall is going to be on the show in a, in a few weeks. Uh, and and uh, once the announcement went out that the alumni game was on this day, um, I tweeted out, and then someone retweeted a question to Max. Said, Max, are you in? As you know, he tore his... Ripped his Achilles yeah, last year uh, in last this year game. In the game. Yeah. And, but but uh, we should clarify, not in the game. Yeah, celebrating. He jumped up and down when they <laughs> scored a touchdown and heard it on the sideline. And then he wasn't able to finish the game. Which is the definition of you're too old. <laughs> but <laughs> he answered the tweet with hashtag redemption. Yes, when someone said, Max, back. are you good? He's coming so back. We're going to get him on the show. We'll see where he's at on that. But look for that. March 22nd. That's, that's one of the highlights of the spring. And then the uh, and then the last practice. So they have that alumni game. They have one more week of spring a uh, spring ball. The last practice is Friday, March thirtieth. Hey, we're not going to have uh, Richard from Panama tonight because he says hello normally from Panama, but tonight on a cruise ship near Aruba. But he's on. But he's on. That's what I'm talking Rich, about. Richard, that is amazing. We're great to have you here. That's amazing dedication. Thanks <laughs> for being on, Richard. Fall schedule: the bye weeks are October fifth and November second. 
So right. that's conference weekend. And then uh, the first Saturday in November, uh, schedule is out. Let's run it through it briefly, um, just because it always gets us in the mood for, for football. But August 31st at Southern Illinois, and we'll, you know, might be Gary Bohannon making his start against yeah. Southern Illinois. We'll talk to him about that. And then, so they start off with a home uh, with a home opener on August thirty first, and then they go for two straight weeks on the road in non conference. September sixth at SMU, which is no easy um, task, and, and down in Dallas. And then September fourteenth at Wyoming, also not an easy task to go on the road to Laramie. Um, so a couple of road games, and then they get into conference play with a conference opener on September 21st at home against Kansas State. They go to Baylor on September 28th. And then, again, conference weekend, they're off. October 12th, Arizona comes in. What a night that's going to be. Arizona yeah. is a true contender. Yeah. they they And before the coach left, I, I thought they'd maybe be the consensus preseason pick, the way they finished the season and how hot they were. Yeah. Well, there's been a few, few guys, but they've, they've kept the core of that of that team, including Fafita, the quarterback. So expected to make some noise in their first year in the league. That's a big one at home. Um, and then October 18th or 19th. Friday or Saturday. Hadn't, haven't decided yet. Oklahoma State at home. So they get a little revenge. And they'll from, be contenders in the league with yeah, their quarterback back and the running back back. They get back. Bowman back and, and uh, Ollie Gordon back at running back. So Ollie Gordon, you know, preseason, they're talking Heisman. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. why not? He's, Ollie, he scored five touchdowns yeah. against BYU. Yep. Uh, UCF on the road in Orlando on October 26th. Humidity won't be that bad. That's a good no, time. That's a perfect to time Orlando. to go. Like, I wish, I think we should take the show on the road for that one. That's a no, great idea. November 9th, just up the road at Utah. Two weeks of hype, like the Super Bowl. Right. They get, because one. they have the bye the week before that. And then, and then they come back down home on the 16th of November to play Kansas. So another rematch. They don't get a lot of rematches from last year Mm-mm. with as many teams, at least 16 teams in the league. So Kansas, who they lost to on the road, um, Gifted Kansas a win with a lot of turnovers. Yeah, I like BYU's chances in that rematch. Yep. Uh, Saturday before Thanksgiving, November 23rd at Arizona State. They've already started working on a stadium takeover. Right. Uh, we were down there in Glendale in 2016, Kalani's first win. And BYU put thirty or 40000 in that place. And now they're over there at the old Sun Devil Stadium. Yeah. It's Mountain America takeover. Stadium now. And uh, uh, I wrote a story about it in the Deseret News. that The boosters down there are already buying up tickets mm-hmm. and... Making big oh, plans. Yeah. The Arizona that, fans, something else. they're very resourceful down there. They'll, they'll take that place over. And I like the idea of playing in, in Arizona in November. Yeah. It should be Pleasant beautiful weather. weather. And then I hate playing in Arizona in September unless it's indoors in Glendale. Right. So And then the season wraps up, the regular season, I should say, uh, on November 30th at home with Houston coming to town, which will be interesting because Houston recruits the South. That's a team made up of a lot of players from Texas, South Texas, especially, and all along the Gulf Coast. And uh, they're going to come. That's that's a game when you actually want it to snow and be cold. To be cold. Make on it the, miserable on the for Red those Cougars. guys. Right? Hey, speaking of Texas, Lynn is on the live stream. West Texas here. I follow Diljeet. Love what she represents for uh, women, sports, effort, positivity. Uh, thanks for having her on. Always listen when you have women on. Thank you. Lynn, we, we try to do that as much as we can. Yep. Yep. We've yet to have our wives on. Uh, that'll be the show of all shows because then oh, man. they're the you know revealer what? of all things. So. I don't know if we can do that because some, yeah. some truths might come out that I don't know that we want to We'll check with the out. FCC so, before yeah. we even move yeah. that way. I don't know about that hey, one. Keaton Slovis played in the uh, East-West Shrine Bowl. Started. Right. They scored 10 points while he was out there. He looked good. They won. They beat the, uh, they beat the East. 
Um, he was throwing the ball around. The best play that I saw from him was an incomplete pass. He chucked it 45 yards. Yeah. And that tells me his shoulder's healthy. And uh, he was smiling. And we text back and forth after the game. And, and I said, you know what? It's nice to see a healthy and out there smiling. And, and uh, you could tell that uh, he, he went back that uh, it, we had a good time. Yeah, and who knows with, with Keaton? He's got a great skill set. And he can throw the ball all over the place when healthy. So wouldn't that be nice if he got a, a shot? I and hope was, so. Is in a situation where skill set fit what that offense was, wherever he was. But he, like, he'd be great at running an offense like the Niners run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. And people forget, he got hurt in the Arkansas game. Yeah. And then he just held on until the last four when they could put Jake Retzlaff in and not burn his redshirt year. Yeah. Uh, a healthy Keaton Slovis. BYU was 5-2 and two when, when Slovis was, right. was rolling, and then, and then they finished out losing the last five. Yeah. Um, but uh, good to see him with the BYU helmet on, yeah. running around, having a good time. A couple of, of other Cougars in that game, uh, Isaac Rex out there, and Ryan Rico. Also, the punter representing BYU, um, Rico's been invited to the NFL Combine. Yeah, that's a good sign. When for a, a punter, punter gets in, invited to the Combine, that tells you that the rumbling is that he's going to get drafted yeah, as a punter. That's sweet. And uh, and which would be awesome. He could punt or play defensive. He, he's the guy. When you go to <laughs> practice and he's just punting, everybody kind of stops and just watches. They it looks like this. It's just like, ooh, like it's so, it's so crazy how far he hits the ball. Um, so he definitely has an NFL leg. Seth Jones is in from Northwest Missouri. Says, go Chiefs. Hello oh, from Northwest yeah. Missouri. Yep, yep. Uh, Andy, we'll talk about that Super Bowl later tonight with a couple of Cougars going at it. Andy yeah. Reid on the sideline. Fred, Fred, Fred Warner, Warner out, out there, there the actually, field. yeah. Coming up later in the show, BYU quarterback Gary Bohannon is going to be here. We'll talk about his journey to Provo and what he hopes to do during the Cougars' second season in the Big 12. Moments away from Diljeet Taylor. Let's update you on basketball first. Cougars are now 16-5, and 4-4 four and four yeah. in the Big 12. And they go win-win, lose-lose, win-win, lose. That's how they go. Just stay even. It's right? all, that's it's all you match. need to do Just in this stay league. Even. Yeah, they're, they're, they're 21st in the AP poll, 19th in the coaches poll. Um, but really maybe the most important thing is the net, which is the NCAA evaluation tool. It's a yeah. It's a combination of a bunch of analytics that is the number one uh, analytic piece that they use for NCAA tournament invites and seeding. So they're number seven in the net. You could be number one in the AP Top 25 and number 200 in the net. You're not getting, you're, in, the you're not getting in the tournament. You're not getting the tournament. Exactly. Even though you now, really that would wouldn't probably be, wouldn't happen. That's but, improbable, but they don't care about but, that but poll. I'll, but I'll tell you what, you could be number one in the AP poll and not be a number one seed in the right. NCAA tournament because you're number nine in the net. Ken Palm has him a uh, nine. Joe Lenardi still has him as a five seed. By the way, Selection Sunday is five weeks from this Sunday. It's crazy Sunday. to think about that. And then, and then here's where they are at four and four. They're one and a half games out of first place, and they're two and a half games out of last place. That's the league, right? <laughs> that's the Big 12, right? That's nuts. That, that's how it goes. So Big win over West Virginia on the road, 86-73. Fusini had 24 and nine rebounds. Dallin Holaker had 12 assists. Yeah, he was special in that game. So here's the question. Did the West Virginia win make BYU a lock for the NCAA tournament? People are going to have to read your article in Deseret News to because you. So you, that's you, out there today, but and it's it's <laughs> not a lock. And, and I as I write it's about, it's not a lock, but you're getting close to it yeah. being a lock because well, now you're starting to play. You got four quad one games coming up. Yeah, where you don't get hurt if you lose. Win or those lose, games. right? Um, you needed to win that one because it's a quad three game right yeah. now. And you get to twenty. We and, and here's the thing: it's 20. a good quad three win though, because think about how West Virginia's been at home this year. They've beaten some giants, um, and. 
Now, if you look at, you know, we talk about that ESPN um, matchup predictor, which is another analytic tool that people use. And, and if you look at the 10 games remaining, um, they have BYU winning every game except for at Oklahoma tomorrow, tomorrow. night. They, they give them a 48% win chance in that Oklahoma game. Yeah, and you know what? That's pretty close to 50-50. That's, that's like kind of like that. 48% means they think it's a draw, but it's on the road, so they give it to the home team. And right? if you have the ball last, right? maybe that's the they, difference. They give them only a 32% chance to win at Kansas later on in the season. Understandable. And Houston went there and got beat pretty good. And interestingly, they give them less of a chance to win at Iowa State, 26% chance at Iowa State. Yeah. Iowa State's home court advantage is really something yeah. special, as is Kansas. That's why they but, had to beat them here, but, which but Dave, that's the only three games in the NCAA predictor that they have them losing. So if that if that followed suit, they they would finish seven and three. They're sixteen and five. They would be twenty three and eight. I would submit they'd be a four seed. Yeah, and then think about it. And one thing we haven't really focused our mind on is they're going to go to the Big Twelve tournament and have a first or second round bye with that record. Right. And who's to say they don't win two more games in that tournament? Yeah. And so then suddenly you're looking at. 24, 25, yeah. 26 wins your first so, year in the Big 12? I was saying that's the best case scenario probably, right? Yeah. So, so now let's take a look. So what about the other games that are kind of tough games? I took all the games that weren't 80% or higher. Um, so I add Baylor to it. They give they give Baylor at home a 70% chance to, of, of BYU beating him at home. Uh, K-State at K-State, 63.5. So that's kind of a, you know, uh, that's a tough one. Um, so, so add those to it. Let's say they go 5-5. Five and five. That puts them at 21-10. and 10. That's good enough. Twenty-one and ten in the Big Twelve. You're, Listen, you're probably a five seed. In September, in September, we were we were wondering about. Can they get to seventeen wins? Can they get to seventeen uh, wins? It's been a credit to those players because they have done a, a remarkable job. Uh, tomorrow night at Oklahoma, Sooners are sixteen and six. They're four and five. Um, they've had a tough stretch these last couple of weeks. That's at six o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN Plus. And on BYU Radio. And then Saturday night, Kansas State comes here. It's a late start, 8 p.m. Mountain on ESPN2. Pre-game coverage, which will be on, starts at 7 right. on BYU TV. And then we'll have the live post-game show, too. And, um, you know, that, that place should be rocking anyway. But if they get through tomorrow night with yeah. a win and then the rest of the week to, to sell the thing out for a late night Saturday... That, that will be a place to be. And in the Marriott Center, you know, we talked about Kansas um, and their home court advantage and Iowa State's. No, nobody has a better home court advantage than BYU does with that Marriott Center when it's packed to the rafters and how crazy it can be. Yeah, it should be a fun night on Saturday. It is our pleasure to welcome our first guest. She's a game changer for the runners who have come through BYU. She's the head coach of the women's cross country team and the Associate Director of Track and Field. She's also the reigning Big 12 Co-Coach of the Year, and her runners delivered the Cougars' first Big 12 championship last fall. And we are thrilled to have Coach Diljeet Taylor with us on The Wise Guys. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I feel like we talked a lot of basketball. Yeah, um, but it's time. We're, we're it's pivoting. all the pregame show. We're pivoting it's, from X's yeah. and O's to, to the heart. <laughs> that was that's just, that's right. Well, into the, the first Big 12 champion of any sport in this new league. Yeah, we, we got to give it its due. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. sorry it's taken us so long. No we blame worries. ourselves. Yes. Now, but, this is a secret location, but you don't live too far from this secret location. No, I'm location. actually just a mile up the road. Right. Yeah. But we don't tell anybody where it is for safety reasons. We just knew, <laughs> hey, we, we, knew, we know she's close by. So even in the worst of weather. People know it's in Provo and here. they know it's on a hill somewhere. But that's all they really know. 
Let's start, I like, Coach. I like the place. How Thanks. about Connor Mance and Clayton Young representing BYU at the Olympic Marathon Trials over the weekend? They finish 1-2. They're going to Paris. How cool is that? What a shout-out to Ed Stone and what he's done with those young men and just how he's developed them over the years. You know, I've got to kind of watch their collegiate journeys and watch them both win national championships at the college level. And they've just been grinding for, for some years. And yeah. to have it happen, to actually have it happen on the same day, um, yeah, it was really inspiring for our women, too, to watch that. And they're really. friends. They train yeah. together. They finish. I mean, it was, it's a, it was a magical moment. It was. And, and it says something about, about BYU, really. When you have one, two, and they're BYU grads, people have to kind of stand up and go, what's, what's going on at BYU, don't yeah. they? It's a, it's a tremendous uh, kind of exclamation point on the success that is possible, obviously, in Utah. Yeah. Right? We got a, a lot of those uh, athletes were from altitude locations. But, yeah, again, just what that ice stone has done. And really a shout-out to Jared Ward. I texted him and just said, hey, you paved the way for these boys. Right. Like Those guys saw you do it, and it kind of showed that it's possible. And so, yeah, just really proud of those guys. There's a chance there will be some other Cougars in Paris. We hope so. Right? And yeah. on the women's side, I think we were talking about Courtney Wayman. Does she got a shot? Yeah, she's made the last two world teams. Yeah. And so we're really hoping that she uh, books one of those tickets to Paris as well. And Ashley Hatch might make the soccer group, which we which we would hope. And Jimmer, we know Jimmer's going, and he said he's going to walk next to the runners in the opening ceremonies. That'd yeah. be kind of cool. Jimmer's going to be on three on three team there. Imagine that. It's, it seems like we're in a period of excellence with, with runners, especially distance runners at BYU on both the men's and the women's side. Um, you know, we we feel like way back there was, and Ed and I talk about this once in a while, kind of a Camelot time at BYU when all the sports were firing and you had you had Ed running at the time and you had um, Doug Padilla going and Henry Marsh was not, not too far removed from that and uh, just so many great runners coming through. Now we've got this happening on the men's and the women's side. What What's going on? Why, why this great rise for BYU on both sides, on the men's and the women's? Well, running, running is kind of a labor of love, right? And when you have super motivated athletes that you can get into a program and the structure is set up to be successful, um, you're just going to see a ton of good things happen and success breeds success. And so the magic that we're all experiencing right now is, is the women who were here six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago when I first showed up that got that first top 10 NCAA finish that hadn't been done in over a decade at BYU, at least on the women's side. Uh, and then we're just building off of that. And that's what's inspiring is they're just carrying on the legacy that the year before left for them. And I love that. The Coog dude on our live stream says, hey, Coach Taylor uh, from Modesto near Cal State. Stanislaw, am I yep. saying that right? Um, I tried to get a picture with you in front of the Men's Cross Country National Championship trophy, and you took it personal and helped the women win the following year. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's, that's what the Coog dude remembers. So uh, next did time, that really put a chip I on your no shoulder? Idea, I, don't, but, I don't think but that But shout out to the 209. There yeah, you go. absolutely. There you go. What kind of a student athlete are you looking for to run at BYU? Definitely one that fits within our program, our, our team culture. It's pretty basic, faith, trust, love, built on gratitude. And so, yeah, just really looking to recruit uh, motivated people that I can inspire. And that has been the secret to our success. I, this is less about me, guys. If I'm, if I'm going to be really honest, I've got great women that I love to show up for every day. Yeah. And the, the culture that we have right now is, is one of positivity and they're building each other up. And we're learning lessons, life lessons along the way. It hasn't been a perfect season. We were undefeated, you know, in the fall when that first Big 12 championship. And then we kind of 
fell on our feet, you know, our face actually at NCAAs and we've learned a lot and grown. And then we just have one of the most amazing weekends in Boston for indoor track. Oh, yeah. So yes. the thing about this sport is the trajectory is, is it's, it's a roller coaster and I'm excited to be on the ride with them. We, we talked to Ed a little bit uh, about um, what makes a great distance runner, um, but maybe this is a great runner. He says they have this ability um, and he talked about Jared Ward, he talked about Connor Mance, to kind of take it in their training right to the edge, right to the where they're almost like taking it too far, and then just back off a tiny bit. Yes. How, how do you find athletes that understand how to do that? And then, and then how do you train them to be able to do that? Because that's, it just seems like it's not an easy thing to do, to know where that is and then know when to back off and how hard to push. Yeah, they naturally at this level want to ride the fence. That's what we call it, right? Just get as close as possible as you can before you redline. Um, I'm naturally holding them back all the time. That That's a job of, of a coach at this level when you have this type of elite talent. You kind of have to develop this system for them and then hold them back. And if you can do that, and they're, they're so disciplined. These women come in with these high aspirations. And that that's kind of the characteristic of a long-distance runner. Listen, if you look at any program and you've got distance athletes at any cross-country program, they're so disciplined. They will do exactly what you tell them. If you say run 45 miles a week, they will run 45 miles a week. Not 44 and a half, not 44 and three quarters, but 45.0, not 46. And so when you just get people to buy into your system and keep them healthy, build up consistency over a period of time, they're going to eventually start seeing some good things happen. Les says, uh, Coach Taylor's at-the-meet encouragements are very inspiring. Run for her has so many meanings, and her presence is one of them. I love that, yeah. The run for her has uh, kind of become our why for our program. Where did you come up with that? We were trying to identify, like, how, what is going to be our why? Like, mm -hmm. Let's figure out what that is. And I, I always remind them of that little girl that fell in love with the sport. And so we kind of became the BYU run for her. And that her is the little girl that fell in love with the sport, the 10 year old that was just dreaming to be in the place she is right now. And when you can line up for that girl, you're able to go through some hard things for that girl. It can be the teammate. People used to think it was the coach. They're like, oh, BYU run for her because you're a female coach. I'm like, no, no. It's actually more about the younger version of these women. And when you, when you go through, we call it the dark place. Every race has a dark place. And when they get to that dark place and you just picture that 10, 12, 14 year old girl that was, dreaming of what she's about to accomplish it's easier to it's easier to stay in the dark for her it's interesting that uh, that connor had talked about his run that he wanted to quit at certain moments in that run the other day and then he started picking miles that he chose who he was running for yeah and and uh, and use that as his motivation well, in his last, I was waiting for him to mention his wife. He was listing all these people. And then he said, okay, the last mile was <laughs> yes. for my wife. So I was really grateful yeah. that he remembered <laughs> yeah. uh, to acknowledge Kylie. But yeah, I think you have to have a strong purpose for why you do this. And for our women, it's, it's really just, we talked about the labor of love. Mm. This is a sport of, of heart and passion is a big motivator. It, it, it seems to me too, that your group, um, is really connected to the fans, especially the young people out there. Is that a product of this as well? Where they're, they're connecting to their former selves, they're remembering where they were. When they come off of the track and they're done, 
um, as we've watched them, they seem to be really connected to young people and to be inspiring to those young people. Is that part of the program? Yeah, our purpose is to definitely inspire the next generation of young girls. And that I want to make an impact on young girls in sport and women in sport and be an example, be a program that is serving as an example. I love, but there's things my women do that I don't necessarily tell them to do. Um, they take their racing bibs off during cross country season. And I see them finding young girls. Now, when I first got to BYU and we'd have all these fans that came out, I thought they were family members of my athletes. I was like, Oh, what family are you? You know, who's your athlete? Or like, no, we just knew you guys were coming to Madison, Wisconsin. And so we're just fans. <laughs> that's, that's BYU. And right? I love that. Right. Cougar nation is best fans in the world. Um, and so my women would take it off their bibs. They sign them and they give them to these eight year old girls that are just there to cheer them on. That eight-year-old girl is going to remember that, right. and that that's inspiration. That provides inspiration. So, it is it's a staple of our program to make sure we're inspiring the next generation. BYU women's cross country head coach Diljeet Taylor's on the Wise Guys tonight, live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and wiseguys.com. She coached the Cougars women, the Cougar women's cross country team, to six top ten finishes at the NCAA championships, including the national title in 2020 and 2021. Um, how do you get runners? who are already fast to run faster. Our sport is you run the miles and eventually those come back to you. Uh, again, it's just consistency over a long period of time, staying healthy, and then just providing that source of motivation for them. I hope that when they're standing on the starting line, I, my goal is always to put women on the starting line that believe in themselves. Yeah. And eventually the ceiling just is removed into what they can do. You've been here since, let's see, 2016 is when you came. And during when Kalani that, came. You came in yeah, with we Kalani. Were, yeah. and Kalani. Yeah. Package deal. Same class. <laughs> they came in the same class, the same recruiting class. Um, and you've, you've obviously had opportunities that we hear about behind the scenes to leave and to go to programs that maybe would pay more or a little more prestige. I don't know if it gets any more prestigious than BYU anymore because of what you've done. What are you still doing here? Why are you still here? Why stay? Yeah, I, I get asked this question often. Sometimes yeah. I take offense to it, you know, but um, I think if you could take a look inside our program and the impact and relationships that I get to create with these women and the empowerment, there's not another place I could have the same sort of impact. I, I believe that. And I've, I've, I'm at the right place, right women led by the right leadership. Let's uh, let's dive into a couple of stories. Tell us a couple of stories that um, that you've had experiences with with a particular runner or a particular squad that uh, that you've just felt the magic of everything you've just described. Well, I mean, I have to I have to mention the the 2019 yeah. year because mm -hmm. it was before we really ever did anything. Right, we had a, I think a seventh place finish before that. And those women were still in the program. They were maturing, getting to being upperclassmen, demonstrating great leadership. And I had that, that season was so magical. Because we don't win in 2020 without the runners that lined up on 2019 believing they could win. Yeah. And what I experienced as part of that group was just, it didn't even matter. Like, we lose by six points. In, in cross country, that's almost a tie. It's, it's right. two seconds. But we won. Like we showed people we could do you it. Belong. Yeah. And and those women, what it did for them and the switch it turned in their hearts, it was worth it. And because of them, 
the next year we come back and then COVID shuts us down. We're like at the top of the NCAA and everything in, you know, we kind of implemented this win the weight. We don't know when we're going to get to compete again, but let's win the weight. And yeah, we come back in March because they delayed the, you know, yeah. they postponed the championships and we win. And it wasn't just a by six points type of win. It was a dominating win and women who maybe only dreamt of being an all American for their teammates, not even for themselves, walked away with all American finishes. And that was, that wouldn't have been possible without that 2019 team. So I attribute a lot of our success to those women in 2019 that gave it everything they had and fell short, but they made it possible for the next team to win. When you first think about, about track and field or cross country, you think of it as an individual sport, but but to win a national championship, it's the ultimate team sport and because you have to have depth at a, at a very high level. And, and how much does that camaraderie and teamwork and belief in one another play into winning a national championship? It's everything. Those women have to care about each other more than they care about themselves, and that's what gets them to do something special. So the team camaraderie, the team chemistry, the culture, the belief they have in each other more than even the belief they have in themselves, that, that's an integral part of, of having a successful championship team. Mark, checking in from Raleigh, North Carolina. Love the wise guys. Also an added bonus that we watch uh, for FHE on Mondays Gotta love now. It. Gotta love it. Good to have you with us. Also, uh, adding a salute to uh, to you. You got a lot of sayings, and, and as, we've, as we've read about you leading up to this interview, what, where do you come up with these catchphrases? They just come to me. I mean, the <laughs> this is fun is kind of the most recent one, which um, I just remind them all the time. And so sometimes we're at track meets, and I'll have coaches from other programs yelling my isms back to me. <laughs> you know, another one I say is perfect, perfect. Like, yeah, and the women know like what those mean, right? right. Like, beautiful just means like everything is great. If I use the word beautiful to an athlete, it's like, all right, everything's great. You're good, you're good. That means you're kind of too fast, but don't panic. Um, and perfect is, we're okay. You're, you're right where you're, you're supposed right to be. You're right where yeah. you're supposed to be. We saw some video of the, the team's last performance. Um, Wisconsin, right? Was it Wisconsin? Uh, just recently, or was it Boston? Boston. Yeah, Boston. Boston. Yeah, and what a the, weekend. The video was of you uh, oh. cheering these runners on and then celebrating like like you're their best friend or mother, which oh. is such a, it's refreshing to see in this day and age of, of college sports. Now, you smile. Were you a little embarrassed by it? Well, or what? no. I mean, it just kind of went viral. The, <laughs> and that's what you're going to get. Like, yeah. Listen, you got to ride the highs and ride the lows. I mean, I'm the same coach that will put my arm around him most of the time when performances don't go like that. But again, just to have three women um, run those times in the in the 5K to qualify and book their ticket to NCAAs, and it happened on the same day, right? I put three women yeah. in that race going, okay, best case scenario, but hardest case scenario is all three of them do it. And it was not highly likely that they all three click on the same day, but they come within a second of each other, and that's ranked number five, six, and seven in the nation now. That's fun. How's this comment from our live stream? You are amazing. It's been so much fun to watch your coaching interaction with your athletes and ultimate success. Henry Marsh. Henry Marsh. Oh, Henry sat right here with that's us. That's great. I mean, again, what an icon. It was fun to talk to Henry to say, you were the baddest man in the world at what you did for a yeah. period of time. Like, what did it feel like to, to toe the line um, to get ready for a race and go, I'm supposed to win this thing because I'm the best in the world at this. And he's like, I always had to convince, he's like, he tell us how he would have to convince himself of that. 
Yeah. Because he I almost mean, couldn't believe that he was that good. Do you, do you ever run into that with the, like, oh, all where, the time. where they're just like, do I have imposter syndrome? Can I really be this good? Can well, I? This is, it's always like, do you think I could do it? It's like, yeah, yeah I do. Do you think you can do it? Yeah, I do. Okay. It's going to happen. Then it's, then it's you okay. Know? Yeah. Um, but it's just that reassurance. And really for me, it's not even verbally that we, they ask me the question. Sometimes it's them standing on the line and this kind of gives me the chills, but I'm always, well, you kind of see, I'm like within sight yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, and it's that eye contact, right? Like a minute before the gun's going to go off where we just make eye contact and there's a slight nod and it, it gives me chills. Cause I know like, they're like, I'm ready. I'm and you're like, like you you're got ready. this. Yeah. You got this. It's now, powerful. Your husband, Ira played basketball at Stanislaw. We are big basketball fans. We're a yeah. basketball family. Were you, um, while he was playing, were you also giving him these one liner? No, no. I, I just cheered for the team. <laughs> there was no like, uh, shoot for him. No, I actually stuff. was like, you're kind of mean to the refs. <laughs> like, can you be a little bit nicer? Hmm. Don't ride them so hard. Well, um, and, that hasn't, the refs. and that hasn't changed like in 20 years. Okay. He's still riding the refs. That's awesome. What have you noticed is different about BYU from the other places? Uh, when, when we would say BYU, we say your program, your runners, what they represent, represent the athletic department, and then you just take it further to the 36,000 students on campus. Well, the thing about BYU, and it's so hard to explain to people from the outside that don't have a glimpse of it, there is, there is the spiritual aspect of it that if you embrace properly is so powerful. And I'm guided by that. I, I, I'm scared. Part of me has a level of fear to leave BYU that I may lose that spiritual guidance. Um, and so that to me, you can't experience that unless you're in it. I think people now know there is um, like we've tried to bring sexy back to BYU, like at least from the women's distance program. Right. And the way you do that is by being successful. Right. All of a sudden people are talking about you because you're having success. But um, the other part of it is it's probably bad to use the word spiritual and sexy, like in the same no, sentence. Not on I, this I don't, show. Not on this show. Okay. Are we okay? We can say whatever we yeah. want on this show. But that's the reality of it. Right. Is for, from an outsider, it's hard to explain. And people ask me all the time, like, what is it about that place? And when I watch who my women become, not what they accomplish, but who they become because of that guidance that we, we really get, we get to be a part of, that's what makes me want to stay at this place. That, that's what makes it special and unique, not in a weird way, but in a really empowering way. Where do you think BYU can become better? And again, your perspective is, is unique in the, in the, in the fact that you're a member of another faith and, uh, and are perfectly at home here, just based on what you just said with, with how it feels. Um, what, how can it get better? Well, I think always, you got to always look at ways that being in the Big 12 now, we have to find ways to evolve and get better and help our athletes handle this new level of pressure that we're, you know, yeah. have to acclimate to. But we've, I think BYU in the last eight years, even since I've stepped foot on campus, has done a great job of open arms, being more inclusive, letting people know who we are. Who is BYU? It's not, it's okay to talk about what we believe in, what we stand for, and making sure that we get kids that are aligned with those values, that those are your best uh, ambassadors for your program and for your university yeah, and, and do, for the church. And do, yeah. you, and do you find that as, as you're out there on the recruiting trail that um, kids you're recruiting that are, a, regardless of what faith it is, if they're people of faith, there's way more in common 
then there are differences. Is that, yeah. is that an overstatement? My, my number one recruit a couple years ago could have went anywhere in the country. Um, high school phenom, Jenna Hutchins from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I, I was, are you sure? Like, uh, you're going to come to BYU? Uh, she's a fit. And people can't believe that she belongs to another faith when they meet her because she aligns with this place. And so, yeah, the overarching, just having faith, this, this place can be a fit. Um, we, and saw we should that. celebrate that. We saw that with Keaton Slovis. Yeah. We're going to see it with Gary Bohannon, who'll be on a little bit later on. Uh, they're drawn to BYU because of BYU, not, uh, not kept away from BYU because of BYU. And that's, you know, that hasn't always been the case. Well, and the way you do better is you just share more of who we are and what we're doing here and how we're doing it and embrace the why of what this place is about. And I think as we move into the Big 12, we're going to get more attention just because of the landscape of a P5 conference, but then continuing to be proud of what we represent. You know, you you and your husband, Ira, have two kids. You've got them represented on. the new necklace. How about that? It's a little blingy, but (laughs) I'm kind of blingy sometimes. I like this. (laughs) But the the kids are there on on, uh, Warren for everybody to see. Um, So you've got this family. the runners feel like they're part of a family. So you've got to spend time because I know it's very important that family is really, really important to you. Your family at home where you've got to raise these kids and, and, and you and I are spending a lot of time making sure you're doing that right. How do you balance this time with this whole group of runners that also want to be like family? It's all one family. I mean, for example, on Friday, my son is a freshman at Tim View High School right here up the street, and he's playing you know, JV started sophomore and after practice, I have no idea, but one by one, every single one of my women walks into that gym with signs to cheer Taj on in his basketball game. Wow. Like that's family. Yeah. And they're reciprocating it. And they understand that me going to these meets and being gone for days at a time and recruiting weekends, um, there's a sacrifice that comes with that. And I, there's no balance. When I was looking for that, I, I could never find it. And I always felt like I was failing. But there's just moments where you focus on this thing and you can be really good at this. But it's a sacrifice always. Uh, what I love about my my boys, all three of them, is they're big fans of this woman. And, <laughs> and I'm making them proud. I mean, my 12-year-old is bawling in tears when I walk in the door after cross-country nationals. Um they feel what I feel because they see the investment of what I put into this thing. And um, they're, they're connected to my women. They name them. They know them. I mean, all the women were at my house watching the Olympic trials on yeah. Saturday oh, for wow, breakfast. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of stuff that, that incorporates enough of them mixing with each other that they, they both have a great amount of respect for my roles in both areas. Well, in both areas, uh, tailor-made is another catchy phrase. Uh, your boys are tailor-made and then, uh, your, your women claim to be tailor-made. That's uh, been some of the, uh, some of the, the banners that they've taken as they've gone to competition. That's a great tribute. It started at Cal State Stanislaus where we, they got a new set of spikes way back when, and they sent me a picture. My team sent me a picture and they had wrote on the back of their spikes, tailor-made like, Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and so we just kind of kept it. Well, it is cool. My was, husband, I, my husband did these little tattoos actually, like maybe five years ago, because we wear the BYU run for her tattoos. These are yeah. all fake tattoos, people. Okay, not real, <laughs> just stickers. Hey, not um, that there's anything yeah, wrong no, with it. No, not at okay. all. Not at all. Um, 
but he he created some tailor made ones, and the Y is you know the BYU Y, yeah. yeah. um, and so so he's all embraced in. it. That's fun stuff. How many uh, how many notes do you write over the course of a season to your a individual lot. players? A lot. One before every single race. To every, every player, every single mm. athlete. Yeah. And they read it's it. Become my they read thing. it before the thing? race. Yeah, I give it to them the night before. Um, and yeah, I mean, when women leave after five years of being coached and they've got this box of mm. note cards, uh, it's just another way for me to remind them that I believe in them. The, the, the same thing is always in the card. Something funny as a hashtag, but then just, you know, I believe in you. And they'll, they'll read it before their race. Diljeet Taylor on the Wise Guys tonight, tremendously successful head women's cross country coach and the associate director of track and field. What does that, and I know you work with Ed with track and field, but what do you do in that role uh, separate from head coach of cross country? Well, so our program is a little bit different than other sports in that we go from really August all the way until yeah. USA Championships, which is sometimes late June. Yeah. So really year-round. And we're transitioned now to indoor season. And it takes a lot of people in leadership positions when you have a team of over 100 to just make decisions and, and provide extra leadership. Ed's the director. Um, but I think collectively, with all of the coaches on staff, we try to figure out what's best for the entirety of the team, not just the distance athletes, but also that's why you see us competing at a bunch of different competitions yeah. because we try to do what's best for the event group. And and yeah, just hoping to provide good inspiration and leadership and mentorship for whoever needs it. And I'm, I'm a big fan of all BYU sports. It, it feels like um, as, as I watch you and, I, and Ed's a very good friend, we've seems like we've just followed each other around. We were in school together. He, he was running and I was off doing things. And then we moved to Davis County. He was coaching at Weber. We lived around the corner from each other. He may, would make me mad. Are you, I, you're from Ogden as well? So no, my, my <laughs> wife is from Bonneville High School though. Same high school. Okay, so but I would leave to run. I'd be a block away from the house. He'd be coming up the hill back from like 13 miles. This, he was still in great shape back in those days. And he'd always say, Blaine, how far have you run? You look like you've run like 10 miles. I'd say, Ed, you know I just left the house. Like, why are you <laughs> humiliating me like this? I'd say, how far have you been? Well, I ran up here and I went around Riverdale yeah. Road. He's but, not normal. No, no. Yeah. he's not a normal. He's not normal. Doug Padilla and those guys say Ed's like a machine. He like, is a he machine. just is the biggest grinder in the history of the sport. But... I, I listen and I watch what you and he have to do to keep this program going really 11 months out of the year. There's no time off. Do you get time to sharpen the saw? Do you get to run at all well, no, yourself? I, yeah. December is a good kind of just like, let me just rest a little bit, rest and recover. And I'm running a lot right now. I think it, I've just made it a priority. And when you don't run a lot and you try to run at altitude, it's not really going to no, be good for you. It's not no. fun. Um, but yeah, Ed, and I, Ed still runs. Like trots, he'll say yeah. he trots, yeah. right? But yeah, we try to get out and be active and just keep, it keeps your mind fresh too. Where were you when you got the text that your program was in the Big 12? You remember? We got a, I had a feeling that this was going to happen. Really? It's kind of a funny story. They called this, why would you call a head coaches meeting at 930 on a Tuesday night? So <laughs> Tom sends out this text, to all the head coaches, and it's this meeting at 930. And I, I just had this feeling. There were a couple rumors going around. Yeah. So I thought I wanted to be really clever. So I went down to the bakery and I got the Big 12 logo and I said, hey, can you make a little cake with the Big 12 logo on it for our three ADs? 
Um, but you didn't know meeting. for sure. That no, I didn't. And I don't know what we would have done with the cake. I probably would have left it in the bag. <laughs> but as soon as he announced it, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night and I like get the cake out and they're like, seriously, how? Um, but yeah, it was a good celebration and how fun for us. I mean, I never felt like I was missing anything yeah. if I'm being completely honest, but um, it's been great for us to get back. We're going to have our first indoor conference championship in a couple of weeks. And I just think the camaraderie that, happens with a team to have a conference championship to prepare for gives you more experience for that championship mentality and just watching our other sports battle it out i mean how great for what women's soccer and volleyball did in this fall yes that is incredible and so just our other sports too they're 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 battling so before blaine asks you five quick questions so let's finish with this one uh uh there are a lot of sports on campus but yours won the big 12 first it was a goal. Um, it was a goal. It was a goal. And, and so... And you have a national championship. And you have, So you go back to 2019, it was the, the disappointment year of the... But the springboard to the national championship and how that felt. And then you win the Big 12 championship. What, 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 how close are those emotions? Um, the Big 12... The national championship, we never talked about really winning it. But I try to stay focused on the process. And I really feel like if you prepare them yeah. and they're one of the better teams in the country, like they got a shot... But with the Big 12, I, the night before, and I don't do this often, but the night before, I was like, guys, my thing is first year in, get the win. Okay? <laughs> There's but another then, phrase. But then first I get, year in, get, get the, the win. win. But then I get invited to do this uh, welcome to the Big 12, like, coaches social. Not all the coaches get invited to these socials because they yeah. usually happen at establishments that maybe they think BYU coaches won't walk into, <laughs> a.k.a. like a bar. Um, and so I'm sitting there with all the coaches, and the Oklahoma State coach is like, hey, I told my women the way that they beat you is like this race plan. I'm like, oh, whoa, okay. We got to really, yeah, we got to get this win. Like this is good. And it was close. I think it was within four points and they were coming for us. And so, um, yeah, I wanted the team to be the first ones to win. It's just something you remember forever. Just to be able to hand it to Tom Homo too. Like here's a trophy. The first big 12 championship. Make some room for it. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. All right. You ready? These yeah. are, these are, these, these are, are, is it speed? Yeah, yeah. You just, well, you don't, I, they're not to be thought about. You're just like the first yeah. thing that pops in your head. Sometimes the first thing that pops in my head is scary. <laughs> I, but, you, I want okay. you to Listen, just say it. We're going to write these down and okay. judge you forever. Yeah, so okay. that's nope, how this and, and nobody will, no, nobody's going to judge you. And it's just us. It's just okay. us. And I don't know how many hundred thousand people will download this, but so your favorite sports movie. Ooh, favorite sports movie has got to be, what was the Bakersfield one with, um, the runners with uh, Kevin Costner. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Um, why is it? Why am I blinking on uh, it? What is that called? Guys? The Disney one. Yeah, where, um, where they had to go work in the fields yes, in the morning yes. and then go run at so night. Motivating. That's a good movie. Yeah. I love the show. What is this show? McFarlane. McFarlane. Yes, McFarlane. Whenever we have any obscure question, uh, it's DJ. Close, it's DJ close always with, knows the answer. It's close our, with Blindside. Blind that one's also really movie. good. Yeah. Those Love are two it. great. You know, ones. the most popular one has been um, Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. That one's good too. Marie yeah. Osmond was Hoosiers, right? Hoosiers all right the way. Marie said Hoosiers. That so that's a good. That's one. She's my, that's married my to a favorite. basketball player. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. That one's Relatable. my favorite. But yeah. McFarland's an awesome. What movie. basketball yeah. player did we just have on that said um, Remember the Titans? Uh, was it Jeff Chapman? Yeah, I think it was Jeff Chapman. Remember the Titans. Okay. Okay. Your favorite singer or band. Favorite singer or band is going to be Kane Brown right now. Kim Brown. Not Taylor Swift. I should say Taylor Swift. Actually, I'm going to change that. I'm a Swifty. You like I'm going to go Swift? Taylor Swift. Do, do you like this whole Chiefs, Yes, I love Taylor it. Give Swift. her as much attention as possible. <laughs> do, do I you, love it. You realize, I don't know what firm it was, but a reputable financial firm that's in the promotions business in New York valued 
They did a valuation of what Taylor has brought to the National Football it's League. It's huge. $330 million dollars of value. Yeah. She is a businesswoman through and through. And she wow. won the album of the year for the fourth yeah, straight. I love it. For the fourth She's time. crazy talented. So and I'm a Niners fan, but low-key, just, you know, from is the Central Valley. Is this going to pull you over? I mean, not all the way, but between Andy Reid and Taylor Swift, it, there's a strong pull going yeah. towards the Chiefs. Have you had a chance to meet Andy much? And I haven't, but I need to. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to tell him. He's got to meet you. Uh, okay. he would love so you. you're kind of leaning toward the Chiefs? I, I'm thinking that I'm not going to be disappointed either way. Okay. okay. That's okay. safe. Your favorite breakfast cereal? No cereal. Like Smoothie. none ever? Wait, no. is she, is she going to be no like cereal. Kyle Van Wendt? No cereal, guys. Good. Don't tell me it's you, full of only, sugar. you only <laughs> let the boys have smoothies in the morning. Like no, Kyle Van Noy only lets cereal. his kids. Like my husband goes to Target and what, loads up what on What do you all give that. them? What do you let what them have? What do you have? let them have? Well, I don't let them. They have Cinnamon Toast Crunch. There you go. Yes. Is that what, a favorite? That's yeah, a, that is a big one. I just had some Cinnamon Life before I came. That's my pregame show. My pre-show meal. So what you're saying is is you and Ira see breakfast cereals differently. We see food very differently. So, but no Kyle Van Noy, who plays linebacker for the Ravens, he said, no, we don't do cereal. We said, what? You have little kids. He goes, yeah, smoothies. Oh, I like a protein him. smoothies I for him. breakfast. Yes. I go, you and Vanessa make them eat, or Marissa make them eat yeah. smoothies? Your little kids? He goes, yep. I ran into him at Riverside <laughs> the other day. Now that the man. season's over. Yeah, Huge. Yeah. <laughs> I told my brother, says, imagine him running as fast as he can to try and sack you. That's a big, scary. That's that's a scary. big fast dude. Yeah. That's how you play in the National Football League. You get linebacker for a decade, right? That's a good dude. All right. Yeah. Um, and he only drinks smoothies for breakfast. So I respect Okay, it. your favorite <laughs> BYU moment. Ooh, favorite BYU moment. And it doesn't even have to be in sports. About me or just, oh. Fa- it can be I can't, anything. I can't anything. pick that, guys. That's unfair. Because all the women that are going to listen, if I, I can't. We're not saying your favorite player. We're Wait, saying your favorite moment. Let's just say my most favorite BYU moment would have to be just what happened on Saturday. That oh, was super yes. special. That was For cool. For Clayton yeah. and Connor to do what they did. One that, and that two. Was, that was a, a pretty favorite moment. Okay. Yeah, it, that's it, safe. That's safe. That's not going to make hey, anyone mad. It's but like of, beating Gonzaga, that was really a favorite moment too, right? <laughs> yeah. like there's yeah. been some yeah. like fun things. Sure. Wait, wait. What about um, now? I'm losing my mind. Our steeplechaser that fell. Uh, um, oh yeah. How Kenny about Rook? that story? Oh my that goodness. Was great too. That was one yeah. of the great stories in sports. That, that should year. be a movie. Yeah, that needs yeah. to be a movie. That's a yeah. Disney movie. So I'm with you though. McFarland's a Disney movie. That has to be Disney. Saturday, I'm with you. When when they finished one two, I was like, wow. And we've been following. Our daughter's a marathoner, and and he's running a couple. She he ran in Boston when she was in Boston this year. Did he run New York? I think he skipped New York this year when she ran in New York. But it he's, we just they were fantastic. Him. Yeah, it's they amazing. Fantastic. So cool. That's a cool one. All right. Um, favorite piece of advice that that anyone's ever given you? Well, my favorite piece of advice, I would say, just believing in yourself. Believe in yourself. Who told you that? I went to a conference one time where they kind of listed a bunch of these words that were really powerful words. And the four most, imp- like most powerful words you could say to someone is, I believe in you. And I mean, guys, I've built an entire coaching career off those four words. And yeah. so I, I have to pick that as my favorite line. You know what? Uh, we believe in you. How about yes, that? You Look what you're doing. It's, I got uh, great women. Great shout Amazing out stuff. To- and, and uh, it's been so great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having Why me. Why did it take us this long to get you here? I don't know. I didn't even know this was in my neighborhood. <laughs> I could have walked uh, here, except it's, it's Utah what's, in February. Yeah, and that's that hill. That's, yeah. that's that yeah. hill. Yeah. That, running here is hard. Yeah, yeah. running here it's would be hard. It's the altitude and the hills. Don't give too much away. We don't want people to know. Yeah. They'll, the they find out that you and Gary are here. They're going to be coming up here. <laughs> Listen, so. uh, 
What we'll try to do is not take out your team as they run around the neighborhood in packs through this area as they get ready for runs. But uh, a a great pleasure to have Dilji Taylor on the show tonight and best of luck moving forward. And this and we want you back on. Yes, yeah, bring me and, back. We, and we do. We, We're never we, going away. In on this show, we have the time. Do you know what I mean? That that we make sure we cover all of the sports, and so we 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 follow our women's sports, and we follow our women's track and our cross country, and well, we, we, we make sure we cover it every week. Yeah, women's sports at BYU are killing it. They're, so yeah. Yeah. well, we, yeah, we've been talking about for almost two years now the programs that are most ready to make the transition into the Big Twelve, and they were primarily women's sports, right? So this guy in the green room over here is going to try to, you know, fire up the men's sports with football. He needs to come in. He's won a Big 12 championship as the quarterback at Baylor. Yeah. And now he's here. It's a good school. Now he's here to do it again. Love it. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Coach. Okay. You're welcome, guys. Have a great night. Great to have you. Taylor, fantastic women's cross-country head coach. And the live stream has been hopping tonight with a lot of great comments about her. Keep them coming. And uh, that's just uh, that's just awesome. So fun to have Dilji here, and we really have wanted to get around for a long, long time. So, all right, let's bring in uh, our next guy. Actually, <laughs> she's done talking with the coach. Um, our next guest tonight has been on quite a journey to get to Provo. His football career started at quarterback at Baylor, where he won the Big Twelve championship, as uh, Blaine mentioned a moment ago. Also won the Sugar Bowl. Uh, then it was on to South Florida, and now Gary Bohannon's come to BYU with one year of eligibility remaining, and it is our pleasure to welcome Gary to the Wise Guys. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Did you find it okay? It's the secret location. It's awfully yeah. dark. But for, for did you all find of our it protection, right? we keep it quiet. <laughs> it was nice. I kind of enjoyed the view coming up. Yeah, yeah. it's really pretty up here. Yeah. It's some very nice houses in the hills and everything. So yes, it was nice. yes. And the mountains right there too. So yeah, and we and you notice we it's a custom built studio just for this show. I like that. Um, I like that. And and uh, the show we were, we were mentioning to Diljeet, um, like tonight we've got folks in with us from all over the world, from from Panama. Um, from the Philippines, from Japan, um, from all over, uh, you know, all over the United States. But each week we um, we have a global audience that comes in on this live stream. It goes out That's on YouTube and, fa- and Facebook and Twitch, and then it re-airs as a podcast starting tomorrow. But it's been really fun. So you got you got BYU fans from all over the world tuned in to to hear what you had to say tonight. Pretty Le- cool. Les says, time. Gary, welcome to Provo and to BYU. Looking forward to your successes. Uh, Kent, uh, good luck at BYU, Gary. And let's sort of start with Gary, because a lot of times Gary is spelled G-A-R-Y. How many times have you had to correct a teacher in your life that says, no, it's G-E-R-R-Y, and is that straight from your dad? No, it is. I'm a junior. Yeah. Um, not only teachers, but everyone every single day. <laughs> I, I'm everybody. Like, every time I meet somebody new, is it Jerry or Gary? And most people just say Jerry. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I apologize, but it's actually <laughs> Gary. Um, so you've been called you Jerry a few times. Especially as a junior, you got to represent. Yeah, exactly. You represent your exactly. dad's name, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Take pride so in that name. You've been here about a month now. What are your impressions of Provo outside of the beauty of the mountains, which you already talked about? Okay, that can't ignore that. Yeah. That's different. That's beautiful. I love that. But um, the people here, yeah. um, that's one of the things that stood out when I came on my visit. Um, everybody here was so nice and welcoming. Um, it felt like home for me. Um, and for me, I feel like I can always be my best self. Whether that's on the field or off the field, around people that I feel like support me and have my back and just make me feel comfortable. So for me, 
that was like the number one thing that stood out. I'm still trying to get a feel for everything, get a feel for everybody. Yeah. But everybody I've met, like I can be walking down, walking something somewhere or something, walk across the parking lot, everybody's like, Hey, how you doing? Like I'm like Okay, I like this. Like everybody's just nice and very welcoming and greeting. So it's like you're in Earl, Arkansas. It is. It yeah, is. You, it so is. you grew up in Earl, Arkansas, I grew right? Up in Earl, Arkansas. Um, it, small town, right? Very small. Yes. So sir. and Provo is not so small with the tech boom that's going on, but it feels like a small town. It feels like a small yeah. town. It feels like a small town. I think that's what it is. Like, of course, like similar to Waco. Like Waco right. was yeah. a small town, mm-hmm. but it's big. But yeah. like where I'm from, the population is three thousand. Like very very small, but. I get a similar feel. Like, it's more to do here, of course, but I get a similar feel. So You know, we, we know that your dad's name is Gary. Now we know Correct. that. Tell us a little bit about your family and growing up in Arkansas. Um, growing up in Arkansas, um, I was a kid that was always outside. Um, I have two older sisters um, and a younger brother. Uh, my little brother is a character. Um, but it was us. Um, my parents did a good job raising us. Um, I just grew up, really, my parents, like, Growing up in a small town, sports the big thing. Mm-hmm. Like everybody go to every game, basketball, football, track me. Everybody just do everything with sports. And for me, I just grew up outside. Like anytime, anytime I could be outside, I was outside. So I used to get in trouble quite a bit for being outside too long playing basketball or football. <laughs> yeah, mom would be telling me to get in before the street lights, but didn't always happen that way. But um, growing up in a small town, I would say a lot of people always like make to, like to make negative comments about it, but I was I wouldn't want it to be any other way. Like of course I like the city and everything, but growing up in a small town, it made me cherish a lot of people that were around me. Like I talk to so many people from back home still today to this day. I mean they support me. They'll be here coming to games. Like that support system that I have from a small town, you won't get that in a big city like that. Like you have of course your group of people that support you. Yeah. But a whole little small town supporting you and rooting for you is exciting. Like like I talk to all the kids now and getting scholarships, like for me coming out. For example, I was the first kid to go play Division One ball since like 1970 something. Oh wow! Now it's all kind of kids getting offers. Now I'm like, that makes me almost want to tear up because I'm like, nobody was coming there to visit and you're recruit. pioneer. Yeah, you know, yeah. like nobody was coming, and then I see that now I'm like, I'm all on their Facebook like, congrats, bro! Like that's big time. Like make sure you take your visits, explore, get to see a little bit more than just little Earl, Arkansas. And so for me, growing up there, it's like find a way to find a way to go see the world. So now, of it. now that you're at BYU, do the folks back home go, uh, isn't that the team that came into Fayetteville and beat Arkansas last season? Yeah. And it's crazy. I watched that game. Oh, yeah? Oh, did I, you? I, I and you had no game. idea that you may end no up at BYU idea. at that point, right? No idea. No idea. And I watched the game. I'm like, ooh. Like the chase catch in the back. Yeah. I'm like, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm watching the game. I'm like, okay. And I've always been a now fan of BYU. Now you better catch that ball when you throw it to him. Ah, he gonna, chase going to do his thing. He's going to do his thing. But... Um, the thing about like watching the game, I never had an idea that I'd be here, but I've always been a fan of BYU and what they stood for. Like they came to Baylor, I played them at Baylor. They were the nicest fans I ever ran into. Like we won, but great game. You guys did a great job. I'm like, that's the way the game is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be so negative. Hey, that leads us into our Cougar Board question of the week. Um, if you're not familiar with Cougar Board, uh, folks, it's the largest online community of BYU fans. Thousands of posts daily. Uh, this question comes from Seth J250, one of their insider subscribers. Gary, what were your thoughts of BYU when you played us in Waco? Did it influence your transfer to BYU? Um, my thoughts, playing you guys, playing us now. Well, us. Yeah. Um, I was, I kind of didn't know what I was going to get um, because watching the film, you saw a lot of big physical guys, a world coach team, a team that played together, had each other's back, and. Them coming in there, you got that every single play. Like, you felt it. Like, the guys were physical. 
I remember one hit I got, I was like, okay, they're ready to play today. <laughs> um, it was exciting though, like it was fun, like everybody was out there, they were positive. Um, you get hit, they help you up, like it was a, a very physical game, but the game was kind of different because it was like, you play a lot of teams, a lot of teams like the trash talking, yeah. down talking, like say little stuff, but that wasn't the case with BYU and I was like, I have a lot of respect for those guys, like regardless of the outcome of the game. I respect that program, that coach, and that team, and every player on that team for what they stand for and the way they play this game. So, you got you, guys like Ben Bywater are trying to hit oh you yeah. as hard as he can. Exactly. Ben's, Ben's, your new friend. And exactly. Ben's coming back now. Ben's like, which back. Yep. a lot of people thought he would go to the NFL. Um, was a leading tackler for two years, sat out with an injury last year, and he's back. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, you got major. a chance to play. You're you have a unique experience in that um, you played against BYU with two different. I don't know that anybody's ever. Had I don't that think it's ever happened. To, to have somebody that's now in the program that actually played against BYU uh, with two different institutions because you played against them at, at Baylor and also yeah, at, at South Florida. Yeah. Um, anything stick out about the program from those experiences that had an influence on you coming? They love the game. Like, they have a respect for the game. And a lot of guys, you playing the game for so long, you meet a lot of people that just play it for what comes with it. But that's, that's never the case here. Um, for me, playing them twice, they were always ready to play, always physical. Always gonna let you know they they hear they're ready to play. Um, like the USF game got delayed like an hour and a half, two yeah. hours. It's the weather. They came out first play. Eighty yard Puka. Eighty yards to the house. Yeah. Like when you saw Puka going down there, untouched for eighty yards, you're thinking to yourself, that guy's gonna be a star for the Rams someday. Oh, we knew that. Um, not a, not the Rams, but you knew. Like yeah. even playing them at Baylor, you like these guys' ball skills insane. Right. It's crazy, like, isn't it? Like even in the no matter who's around. Like, yeah. Because that I remember that Baylor game, I kept thinking, man, Baylor's just way better than than BYU this year. Except for Puka. Puka's better, the best guy on the field. Like, he's the best player on the yeah. field. In that game. He was the best player like, on the field. I know I remember post. I remember fade down the left side. I remember post down the left side. I remember run, jam, broke. And it would be great coverage, but somehow the ball go up. You just see that blue jump up and get it. And you're like, man, can they just drop one? Like, <laughs> and now, and now, and now he's the bit. greatest um, rookie, rookie season, yeah. receiver in the yeah. history of the National Football Much respect for that, That's man. Crazy. Much respect for him. BYU quarterback. How's that sound? BYU quarterback Gary Bohannon on the Wise Guys tonight live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. 6'3", 211. Is that close? Is that 211? Right? No, not 211. What are you now? 225. 225. Oh! Transfer from Baylor in South Florida. Now, look. Uh, long, long ago, I played the same position. <laughs> I believe you. You look, Here. You look good. Well, now, now I weigh 180. But See, I, I, play, I, I played time. it. I played it. I played it two ten. There we go. I like so that. yeah. I let's like uh, that. let's talk about your shoulder. Uh, you know, we, we've quarterbacks get hurt all the time. It That's seemed it. like we saw more quarterbacks hurt this year than oh last year. And goodness, last year we were yeah. talking about more quarterbacks were hurt last year than the year before. Um, you sat out last season with a, a shoulder injury. How are you feeling? Uh, are you good to go? And by the way, spring practice starts like in two weeks. And you get tell to go us full go are, in spring. Where are you physically? Go. Full go. I'm good. I'm clear. Feel good. Moving around. Good. What, working is it out separated or what happened? Um, I tore my labrum right here. Okay. Uh, the labrum uh, is separated. So on your throwing shoulder. And, and how disabilitating, debilitating is that for, for a quarterback? If you're a quarterback, don't do it. Yeah. Because it, it, it takes it's your ability to put any velocity on the ball out, right? It. You can say that, but I feel good now. No, no, I'm not talking about now. Oh, I'm talking during the, the injury. Oh, like when you heard it, it's like, why can't I get anything on the ball? This thing's killing dude, me. It's just like, right. I remember my first day throwing a tennis ball. I started with tennis balls. Right, right. And that was 
five months post-surgery, six months. I couldn't throw for five, six months just doing footwork every day, which was draining yeah. mentally. But I remember my first day, I, um, I still got the videos. I still go back and watch them. My first day trying to throw a ball, I was trying to throw a ball like eight yards away. I just kept throwing it at his knees. Yeah. I could not get it to go oh, to his face. Oh, you couldn't get up into his face. No. I, and I was trying so hard. And I, I went home that night, and I was very, very frustrated. And I was frustrated for a long time. Um, that process is a, like a sunrise is up and down. But I remember going home. And how I had to call my mama about it because you go from pick a ball up, pick whatever up, and throw it throw as, far as far as you want. want you know what I'm right? saying? You yeah. can throw as far as you want to. But for me, um, I remember when they told me what I did. I know I, I knew I didn't know much about injuries yet, but I knew a quarterback is not supposed to tear his labor. Yeah, everybody tell you that like. But but something. but now now that it's like now that it's healed because they've sutured that all down. They've got mm. anchors in there and it's mm. solid. Now you can do whatever you want to do. That process to come back because it's like learning to walk again, learning to throw literally, again, do all that. Literally, how much does that make you appreciate how you feel right now? Um, well, when you said, I don't know if you saw it, but when you said spring ball in two weeks, you're clear to go, that made me smile to know that I finally got to the point where I could say I could get ready to practice, yeah, because I didn't know if I was going to be able to practice again, you know, like mm-hmm. I turned my labor man, like you probably not come back from this. But I'm from little small Earl, Arkansas. They tell you you're not gonna make it out of there. Right, so made it like out of there. Me, made it out of there. So I'm like, I gotta I'm find a back. way. I gotta find a way. What did and your dad tell you during that process? My dad. It was my dad and my mom. Yeah. My dad just called and checked on me. So I had a phase I went through. I don't want to be too long, but I wouldn't. I didn't oh, you really, got all the time in the world. I don't really talk to anybody. Mm. I felt like a you disconnection. just shut it down. Yeah, I felt like a disconnection, honestly, because. I wasn't doing what I loved. Um, I was kind of lost. And then my family, like football brought us all together. Like me playing a sport, my whole family would come. And so me not playing, it kind of bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just told me, to, they really just kept working. My mama, like, mama, y'all will meet my mama one day. Yeah, um, we'll meet her. I'm sure she, we'll meet her. She, um, we're hoping to meet her uh, yeah, August 31st. Yeah, we hope to meet her in August. Uh, definitely. Probably, maybe sooner. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of days I was like, I'm done. A lot of days, honestly, I had a lot of days I was like, I'm done. I, I can't keep going. And I, I just felt like it wasn't. And this is more it. than just like, I'm done with sports. This is this I'm is done. your life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I was just like, I'm done. But my parent, my mama, she would call me every, she would call me, sit on the phone with me two, three hours. I would call her three in the morning crying. Mm. I'm, I can't sleep because there's so much on my mind. And she just like, he ain't bring you this far for no reason. Yeah. And that stuck with me. And um, they, was just, they both would just tell me that, like, keep going. And um, just to see their faces light up on the phone, it kind of helped me keep going. Just being at a FaceTime because I've always been far away from them. So um, just to see them light up on the phone helped me out a lot. We're excited. Right. We get it. We're excited to meet your family. You got to meet some of my family already. Co- Coach Fowler, Gavin, is my youngest. Oh. Yeah, he's my youngest son, Gavin That's Fowler. big time. That's big yeah. time. That's big yeah. time. When you so, came out and he, here. And by the way, he said, Gary's awesome. So he thing. loves you, man. That's good. <laughs> when you came out here uh, to investigate, BYU and uh, for BYU to investigate you what did you do did you go out and throw did you sit down with uh, Aaron Roderick first and Kalani how did how did the relationship go from coming here for the first time to uh, coming here to stay so they actually came to see me throw oh so they came came down to two days before I came down here oh so everybody was curious about my shoulder yeah and they was like how would you feel if we came if we can't we wanted to come see you throw I was like, let's do it. Come and on now. Are we talking December? 
December. Yeah. December. Yeah. December. And I was. And was this down in Arkansas? Down in Arkansas. Florida. I was oh, still in Florida. Florida. You're still working out in Florida. 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 Yeah. I was still working out in Florida. And I was like, yeah, come see me. I love for that to happen. And um, they came to see me. Now, and before you finish the rest of this story, as, as from what we have heard, uh, they tried to get you to come to be Jaron's backup after you left Baylor before South Florida, right? So this would be the second time that they've come. Yeah, so I had Yeah, why didn't you come the first time? I just, um, I had quite a bit of options, but um, going from a starter into that backup role, role is, yeah. you that's, know, a, that's a hard that's thing. Not you what just you want a Big 12 right. championship, you know, right? That's not e- what you want to do. So you e- like, Even though it would have been just for a year and then you yeah, would have started, right? Exactly, exactly. But it's like, ah, I done sat two years already. I don't want to sit another year. Right, right. That's understandable. And, it's just like, and I talked to him, I was like, I don't know if I could do that, like, the competitor in me, like, I don't... Yeah, Jackson Dart didn't want to do it either. So yeah. he went to Yeah, Ole Jackson, Jackson's yeah. from here. I heard that they yeah. told me that. And I, you just like, ah, I'd rather go play because, like, the competitive, like, you... You want to You've play. You've been training for this okay, game. Okay, so now fast year. forward, and now they're coming to see you. So now let's come, pick it okay, up from there. Okay, they come to see me. Um, <laughs> we're throwing. I'm like, is there anything specific y'all want me to throw? Coach Grimes came to Baylor. I already knew the offense. Yeah. Most, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to throw some, throw some field routes that they like to run. I feel... Throw a little stuff to the field. Then, okay, they're like, okay, how you feeling? I'm like, good. I said, I'm going to throw some post routes at the end. Get out there, throw a post. I hadn't done – at US7 offense, we don't do play action. Drop. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, that was like my first time doing it. I'm like, threw one. I'm like, that felt all right. So, at Baylor you did, but not at not, not, not a complete, Not a USF, complete different offense. Okay. Yeah, that, so was, that like, was a catch and get it out offense, that's it, right? That's what it was. That's what it is. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to really let one ride now. Play action. Boom, hold on to it a little bit longer, let it ride. Um, they're like, okay, you good now. How many yeah, yards you back good. up? Everything. It was like, that was the furthest I had thrown since surgery. It was like 60-something. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like in stride, What, what, like what people don't realize, that it's like, people are like, oh, John Elway could throw it 85 yards. Like, okay, you never threw it 85 in a game because you, you never have to throw it 85 in a game. You would right? never get close. Like you get killed you by get, the guy by the time it exactly, gets that Exactly. Like, you, it's rare to even get a ball over 50 yards now right. just because – Defender, like y'all were talking about, these ends and D-linemen are way too fast. Right. You yeah. don't have and, all and, day. Yeah, I'm telling you, if Usain Bolt was playing wide receiver, you, he wouldn't get 80 yards down the he field before the quarterback got killed. You would never get that far. And then, so um, if you can throw it accurately 55 yards, you're you great. Can, you can operate. Like, you can operate okay. easy. So that was my first time. I was so like, after, after the workout, uh, what was their reaction? And at what point did you start thinking, maybe I could play at BYU? To be honest with you, two weeks before, I, I figured, two weeks before – I was kind of in my head a little bit because I had another little point that w- was kind of bad. I started upping my throwings to throwing four days a week, at least 100 balls a day. Yeah. And it got me a little bit. Really? So I, just a little, little, little inflammation, right? Exactly. A little residual inflammation. And I'm like, then next thing you know, I couldn't feel like I could throw the ball that good anymore. I couldn't rip it how I wanted. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. I tell myself, if this thing not working in a couple weeks, I don't know what I'm going to do. And um, they came and I did that. And um, But I knew – Two weeks before that, maybe a week and a half, I was like, I can roll. Yeah. I said, me and my, coach, me and my strength coach said, I'm tall. I said, I can roll now. I'm good. And they didn't say, come be the starter. Did they say, and you didn't ask to be the starter? What did, what, how did that conversation go? It started off with, you look good. Um, you look healed, healthy. You look like you can roll now. I was like, I can roll. I'm ready to roll. Start smiling. Um, they said, would you come on a visit? We could have you, guys, you and your mom on a visit this weekend. Hmm. I said, I called my mama. I said, I'm, pre- I'm sure, pretty sure I can. I texted her after the workout, like, as soon as I walked out the field, we're going to BYU this weekend. She was like, I don't know if I can make it. I was like, well, we got to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to BYU this weekend. 
I was like, um, I had been talking to them earlier that week, and I was like, I don't know if I want to go. Yet. Thing, I don't know. Gary knew if he could get his mom on campus that they would really want him because yeah. they would fall in love with her, right? Yeah, everybody love mama. Yes, everybody love mama. Um, but I was like, we got to go, mama. But the whole week, I'm like, contemplate, should I go? Yeah, I was thinking because everybody know the recruiting process is kind of yeah. weird. Um, it's kind of exhausting. Um, but something was telling me to go. Mm. Something just said go. And last time, I didn't go. And I was like, okay, I'm going on a visit this time. Mm -hmm. Came on a visit and fell in love with everything about it. Everything about it. What did your mom think? She fell in love with it probably more than me. <laughs> like, That seems to happen. Jamal yeah. Williams' mom yeah. is the reason it's Jamal came That's here. That's why like, Jamal's here. Because his mom's like, you're like yeah. and he had a little struggle. She goes, no, you're going back there. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing was, my mom was a very family-oriented person. Yeah. She was like, this feels like home. Like she's literally, we in there at 12 o'clock at night singing karaoke. Yes. Coach Kalani and yes. everybody else. Like, that's a real thing. I'm like, <laughs> wow. And I'm like, I'm tired. I start walking out. My mom was like, what you doing? Where you going? I'm like, mom, we need to go get in the bed. I'm tired. <laughs> she's like, I'm not really ready to go yet. I'm like, she's like, but fine. Okay, let's go. But it was every coach, every coach like, it was like, like I just felt on, like, it's an honor to be here. Like, this program means so much to Provo. And for me to be able to, where this on my chest, I take pride in it. And seeing it and coming on a visit, I was like, okay, that's where I want to be at. That's the place for me. That's home. It feels like home. That's where I want to go and compete. And you, you mentioned just a minute ago that um, with Jeff Grimes running the offense when you were at Baylor, you have a sense of this offense that Aaron Roderick runs. How, uh -huh. how comfortable do you feel in, in what Aaron wants to run? Very comfortable. I go in there and watch it every single day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm ready for spring ball at this point. Um, just to get out there and rep and let him coach me a little bit. Let everybody get out there and get to coaching me. Get out there with the guys, compete and everything. Practice is always fun. How, how much does uh, the fact that they got back-to-back -back NFL draft picks at that position uh, in, impact you? I mean, it's something to think about. Yeah. yeah I mean, it impact me, but it's something to think about for sure. It, it's something that actually stands out. I actually talked to Zach a little bit today. Did you? Yeah, it was good, good talking to him for a quick second. Um but it, it's something to think about. We're going to start a free Zach campaign, get him out of the – well, he's going to be out, well, away from the Jets. He's got he's to get to – maybe but, to L.A. Steve yeah. Young wants him over to L.A. Steve wants him in L.A. That'll so. be big time. He'll, he'll be fine wherever he goes. Yeah. Like, BYU quarterback him. Gary Bohannon's on the Wise Guys tonight. As the starting quarterback at a Baylor in 2022, led the Bears to a Sugar Bowl victory against Ole Miss. Big 12, you already you go in the locker room and go, guys, I already have a Big 12 championship. Um, Let's go get another one. I know how to get one. I don't. To be honest with you, I never said anything like that. Yeah, I, and you won't. You won't hear me say that. I got it, but that's in the past. Um, it's good to have, but I can't live off the hype of that. Yeah, I'm at a new place, a new goal, and it's a different journey to get there. So, tell them it can be done for sure. Yeah, we just got to make sure we earn the right every single day to even be in the position to be there. So that's that's what I'm. That's my preaching. We got to win the day. Like, we got to win this. We got to win this workout right now. That'll come. Like, that'll come. If we take her, everything else, that'll come. But you can't force that. You can't make that just happen. That does not happen overnight. It's something that takes time. You have to do the dirty work and put it in the work for that to come. And nobody understands that better than you is what you had to do to get back just throwing the football. Exactly. Exactly. So you know what discipline is about. I know what discipline is about. And even the year we won the Big 12, we predicted. Second to last in the conference the year we won it. Like we were at the in spring right. out, spring ball up into the season, we were right. We were right above Kansas. Nobody thought that we would win it, but we we believed it. We worked every single day. We had rough days. Yeah. We went through that together and had each other's back. That's what it's about. That's how you get there. In the run pass option offense, 
which you've had a lot to do with and, and at Baylor especially, but your career yards, 3,400 3, uh, passing yards, over 1,000 rushing yards. How does the RPO that Roderick likes fit your style? I would say every aspect of the offense, I think, fits me well. Like um, the RPO world, the, the run game, the QB run game, um, the drop back, the play action, the the nakeds, the boot outs, mm-hmm. everything just correlates to something that I do well. I mean, I'm a guy that I can move around a little bit. I can throw the ball a little bit. Um, so I would say it just seems right. Like I've done it before. Like it's literally very similar to what I did. Yeah. Like very, very similar. Yeah. So I would say that I've done that. I did that pretty efficient in one, in one year. I had one year to learn it. Getting to be year two in it, I think, there's even a higher ceiling with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, so for me, just seeing it, like come on a visit, like there was tape of me on the film that we watched. Yeah. Because it was some of the same because stuff. Because it was Baylor yeah. running the same stuff. It was some, yeah. some of the same stuff. So it's like, okay, I want to be in this again. Like, Yeah, and they run a lot. You know, they run yeah. some pure RPO. They run some zone read stuff. Like you mentioned, a lot of play action. They move you around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, pocket. But, but Aaron Roderick has always said, for this offense to be at its peak, the quarterback has to be mobile and be able to move has to around. Be. Has to be. And and does that excite you? It does. I'm knowing him from even like I, I started watching the offense when Zach was here. That's when I first started mm-hmm. watching. I was like, I remember him coming out, and I'm like, who is this kid? So maybe start watching. I'm a football junkie. I love football, so I would just go sit up and turn games on like all day, just watch different games. So now like you get in the system, you just like even when I was at bed, I would go back and watch. 2021 BYU. Like now, I'm still back in 2021 BYU, 2022 BYU, 2023 BYU. Like you just get to see it. And it's like, I can see myself operating in this really well. It's Come, great. Coming out of high school, uh, you choose Baylor. Well, you have offers from Georgia, Alabama, Louisville, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn. Um, now you're at BYU in, in, this, uh, in this remarkable journey. But What's that pressure like for a kid that's got to pick between all those schools coming out of high school in the high stakes that college sports has become? What was that like for you? For me, um, I don't I don't know if I felt pressured. I felt a little bit Nick of pressure. Nick Saban wasn't putting any heat on you? They were, but I'm from a small town. It was like a logo is a logo. Yeah, I wasn't the guy that's chasing the logo. Like some guys, like oh, I just want to go here. I want to go. Right. Here. I want to go where I feel home. Like I want to go to a place that I feel comfortable. Like a place that's for me. So that's what it was about for me. I took some visits, and I was like, some spots you go to, you like, just don't feel right. You go to some spots, you like, ah, I can see myself here. Like it feels good. Like you know, some things like you just mm-hmm. get that gut feeling. It was one of those things. So for me, I felt a little bit of pressure, but just talking to my, I, it's always been me, my family, and my hometown. So the outside stuff, the outside pressure, or Whatever it is, it's not really a, a thing to me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I don't think about it. It's weird. Do you ever do the what ifs? And now you're at BYU, which was not on the list coming out of high school, uh, and think about your life and how you got here, and you scratch your head and go, "How did all this happen?" I, of course, it's always the what ifs. <laughs> like, what if I would have just went here? Yeah. What if I went and did this? What if I did this? But you can't control that. Like, God has a plan for everybody's life. You may not know the you well, you won't know the journey you're going on. But now that you look back on it, you appreciate the journey you went on. Right. And you nothing's perfect. There's gonna be ups and downs. So you you just gotta learn to embrace and enjoy those ups and downs and look at it as a as a lesson. And once you can look at it like that, you're like, okay, 
maybe it was meant to go this way. So it's, then you remove those what ifs. Right. Because you can't control them. A- academically, where are you now? So, yeah, because transferring and it gets like, do you, do you have a degree yet? Do you get your degree while you're here? I have two degrees. So you have two degrees already. I got a bachelor's in health and kinesiology and a master's of science. Nice. And so now at BYU, what do you, what are you studying? This non, year, non-degree seeking. You don't. You don't need. You don't need to now. With when you have your degrees. masters, you can do what you want. Right. Yeah. Kind of just want to focus on that's football. Fantastic. That's fantastic. You, you just have to be enrolled. Down. You just have to be enrolled. Yeah. That's right? it. That's yeah. it. So why were those two degrees so important to you? Um, going into college, I actually wanted to do engineering. Yeah. I oh. looked at some of the courses that I would have to take, and I just I, I didn't know if I would be able to to do that. And then it kind of kind of got away from me a little bit. And I started being more curious about the body. And so I was like, okay, I want to study the body. And um, got into that, and I, which is why I chose to do kinesiology. And um, learned a lot. It actually helped me out a lot, even today, playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, I want to kind of study it a little bit more. So in my master's degree, I was able to learn how to train, learn why do you do this? Why do you do short reps with, explos- with explosive moves? Why not do 15 reps of this? Why do you not do 15 reps of heavy weight? Why do you do one rep at this? Like, why do you do it this way? And being able to learn about that was – it was really enjoyable for me. I don't because when I'm done, I want to either be a coach or open my own gym and train athletes. So as you as you were rehabbing, come back from an injury, did any of the stuff you learned in school help you with that yes, rehab? Yes, so much. And another thing about the rehab, the fact that I majored in it, I, I'm pretty sure a few of them I know it a little bit because I was always asking questions as I um, as that why am I doing this? Like, yeah, well, yeah, why are you doing it? Why does this feel this way? But it was all because I was curious about. it. I just wanted to learn and know more about it. Let's uh, bring you in on some of the live streams. Glenn, uh, who's in Aruba, uh, welcome to the family. Um, Mark, Mark wants to know what jersey number you're going to wear. Have you we decided don't that? Yet. Don't know yet. We find out in two weeks. Yeah, but wait, wait, maybe not in two weeks. It might be the fall. We shall see. It'll be oh, surprise. Yeah? Okay. Surprise. All right. It's not. It's been number eleven, Atlanta. both places. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. the plan, though. Uh, Neil, that was the plan. Neil's in Arizona. Happy to meet Gary. Looking forward to seeing him on the football field. Weston, if we're in Wyoming, okay. Now I'm really looking forward to seeing the Cougs play in Wyoming. Gary is really impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully, all you guys are doing well in there. Good stuff. Hey, spring practice. Uh, we just mentioned we gave the dates out for all the kind of the high, highlights of, of spring ball, um, quarterback battle, and quarterback. and. What, what's your goal for spring ball as you as you head in? What do you want to accomplish? I want to get better and get comfortable in the offense and just get like used to getting the reps of practice and competing. And for me, it's just I want to go compete. Like everybody, you always say QB battle and battle at this, battle at that. Every day is a competition. Everything we do in life. You guys, I compete with somebody else that's throwing interviews, right? Mm-hmm. Everything you do in life is competition. Doctors can be with other doctors to be a better doctor than that doctor. Right. Life is a competition. And so for me, it's just about finding ways to get better for myself. Like, you can't really worry about anything outside. You guys are not worried about anybody else. You guys are just doing your own thing because you enjoy it. So for me, it's like getting out there and having fun with it and just I get the opportunity to play again. I didn't know if I would play again. For me, that's my focus. Like, find ways to get better and improve your game. How do you feel about that receiving group? Oh, that's a special group. Yeah. A really special group, and I, I see something special coming in the fall. And Keanu moving to tight end, is that going to work out all right? That's going to be – it's going to work out more than all right. Let's put it like that. That's going to work out more than all right. That's going to be really special. Yeah, they've done that a couple of times, and those guys end up being really good at that position. Exactly. They know what they're doing. They say that they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So the schedule was released last week. Mm-hmm. Was there a game on there that you circled in particular? 
Maybe. Maybe a return to Waco or <laughs> taking BYU up to Utah. What? What? Um, every game for me last year, um, set out a year. Yeah. Every game circle. I can honestly say every game circle. I'm excited to play every single opponent for every reason, but you have your games that you, you really look forward to. But I really look forward to all of them, but some places and some teams on there will be fun to go back to. It's good stuff. Hey, NIL has become a big part of college football and a part of the recruiting process. Um, the Royal Blue Collective does a bunch uh, here with, with BYU and NIL. Um, it's been so It's become so prominent in college sports. Um, what you know, your thoughts on NIL and, and BYU, the way they do things, and they do it a little differently here at BYU than mm-hmm. they do in other places. What, mm-hmm. What's your what's your take on that? Um, NIL in general, I would say it is probably one of the one of the main things I'm thankful for. Um, just as an athlete, because people don't understand if you're not in it, people don't understand what we go through every day, mm-hmm. what we get up and take our bodies to every single day. Football, you train year round for. Yeah, you don't have time to work. You you come here, yeah, you get a free scholarship. You earned that. People will say it's never earned, but we trained every single day from probably some kids, some people five years old right. to literally get a scholarship. Yeah. Like you earned that right. And so for me, I think it's some a way to appreciate your value for what you do, what you how you produce. So for me, I'm a big fan of it because your value, the your the amount of money you make is literally based off your performance and are you marketable? You perform and everybody are fans of you and this program is winning, and everybody likes this program. I love the way you play. You're marketable. You can make money because you put that work in. Nobody sees what you do outside of here. Nobody, like, yeah, you go to team workouts, but a lot of guys put in extra work up late nights watching film all the time. Yeah. Working out late, waking up five in the morning just to work out. Other people, like, a lot of people don't have to do that. So you're literally getting, I feel like you're getting what you're doing. Like, you're getting the work that you put in, you're getting paid for it. So the Royal Amen Blue Collective is, is very supportive. good for you? Very, very supportive. Um, they do things different here, but I actually like the way they do things. And they sit down with you and talk to you about how everything works and everything. But it's supportive of the team. I'm really a big fan of it. Yeah. And, we, and you know, we've talked to Kalani. Kalani has this vision for the program where NIL supports the players. I wish they had it when I was playing or even when my boys were playing, right? <laughs> but because it absolutely is earned, as you mentioned. Um, but, but Kalani's like, we want to do more – than just get people dollars. Mm-hmm. We want to give them a network of people that for the rest of their lives they're tied into and they have an opportunity to to have a network of people that they can work with and make money and have a career and do all that when football's all done. And I don't know that other places really talk much about That's that. That's not a thing. That is that is the number one thing here that stood out the most besides the money. We Some people 18 years old, I don't know how to do it. Money like that, right? Don't want to help them manage money and tell them how how to how to save this money, how to, how to make this money make money. But here, you meet people in all kind of aspects of everything to literally help you now and in the future. And so for me, that's one thing that make that a priority for how you manage money. Like um, I got here, and some part of it is helping, like teach you about growing your credit score. You don't learn about that even in school. Right. You don't really learn right. about that to have that in your back pocket. Like that is like as a freshman, you come into college and like they literally help you get a credit card and teach you how to do things this way. You should leave college with a very well foundation and also some money in your pocket. So I would say the way they do things here is the way that everybody should be doing it because we don't some people come from certain backgrounds where you don't learn about 
like financial you don't have financial advice you don't learn about financial stability like that's not a thing and so it's like a lot of people come from private you may not have anything and so i would say that's one thing that i really do admire about this place and i love that that's a priority here this has been a fantastic and fascinating interview we're, We're so glad to have you, to have you in here with us. Yeah, yeah it's great. Here. It's great to have you hanging out with us. Blaine's going to hit you up with five questions. <laughs> yeah, here comes questions. the five questions. You probably got a oh. sneak preview yeah, because yeah, Coach Taylor had you to heard do that. Coach, you heard Diljeet, but so how about Coach Taylor? She's something special. She's special. Huh? Now yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you guys interview. I'm like, I got to research her a little bit. Oh yeah, she's she's she one of the like elite awesome coaches in, of any sport anywhere. But I can tell. Yeah, you'll find you'll find currently a top. Five program in the country every year. You'll find and a national championship a couple years ago. All over this athletic department, um, you're going to find coaches that are one wildly successful and good, good people. Yeah, Um, she's one of them. Uh, But I think as you as you get more familiar with uh, that building over there, the SAB and and everyone that's coming and going, um, every sport has got uh, a leader that. um, like the softball coach got 800 wins, you know, they're starting wow. up this week in Hawaii and you just yes, go down the line and, and, uh, she's part of this unique group. That's part of this unique time where BYU is so competitive in just about everything. And, uh, so I think that'll be fun for you. It will be. Yeah. It will be. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited yeah. about it. So, All right, Blaine. Okay, here we go. Your favorite sports movie. You already heard this one, but your favorite sports movie. Y'all already said training day. That's a, that's a big time. Training day? Oh, yeah, training day. Training yeah. day. All right. Training day. I like that one. It's your favorite singer or band? My favorite singer. Uh, or it could be a band or it could be a, you know any artist. Okay, people. A lot of people won't know who this is, but there's a guy named Kim. K-E-M. K-E-M? K-E-M. I got to look up Kim. He has a different voice. He just goes with Kim? Just Kim. He's been making music for a long time, but... He's one of my guys. My mom always listens to him. It's like a song. Oh, I'm going to have to find Kim. Is it like country? Is it like, what, it's not what is country. Kim? It's really kind of an R&B type. Okay. Yeah. I, like, like last a, night, I forced Coach Fowler, Gavin, and his wife, Abby, and my wife. I'm like, I'm, I'm going down memory lane here back to, I'm like, because I grew up in New York. So, like, mm-hmm. here's the music we listen. I was, I was playing the Gap Band and Rick James, all these old school ones, and they knew them all. They knew all those songs. That's I was surprised. That's big time. Yeah, that's big time. So, okay, favorite breakfast cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but I don't eat breakfast. What do you do? You don't eat at all in the morning? I'm not a morning, not at all. It's got nothing just, to do with a 225 that you told us earlier. I, I can Is hold, that your playing weight? Is that what you want? I, I 225? Okay. Yeah. Very good. So no, uh, but Cinnamon Toast Crunch cinnamon if toast you had crunch. to. I eat them at night and throughout the day. Earlier, so that's a good cereal. Uh, earlier this week, Travis and Jason Kelsey on their podcast announced their top five cereals. Oh, they did? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Reese's Puffs was both their number one. Oh, ones. my gosh. That's my two. You like Reese's Puffs, too? I love too? Reese's Puffs. Oh. That's mine, too. That's mine, too. So, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is a good one. I like that one. And a shout-out to Trent Bolter, who sent us that note and said, hey, this is for That's your right. show. This is for the show. Because the we, always, we always find out what people like for, for By breakfast. the way, uh, Mac says, go with number three. So, can you give you GB3 for the win. GB3. Uh, Weston is saying, uh, go with number 11. That was my number many, many Years ago, yes. that's a special. Uh, Go with I think three, Zach wore GB number eleven three for, for the win. GB three for the win. Think about that one. So, um, so your mom's one eater, right? Yes, sir. So, your favorite meal that that your mom cooks? Favorite meal, my mom can cook. Um, I'm gonna go fried chicken, cabbage. 
cornbread, candy M's, mm. and some mac and cheese. Was this Thanksgiving or nah, this, this is just Sunday night? So nah, my mom, so my mom see me, she like, what do you want? Like, let me know whatever you want to eat. And she <laughs> so that's it, huh? That's, candy yams. You lost and, me at the cabbage, but and everything mac and else sounds pretty good. Uh-huh. There's a lot of carbs. That's why I'm 225. <laughs> That's why I'm 225. I love it. Thanks, Mom. I love it. That's awesome. So, favorite piece of advice that, that your dad ever gave you, that Gary ever gave you? One, um, for, okay, I'm going to go for my dad, but it's not my favorite piece of advice. By the way, we're going to send these to them. Yes. So, okay. My favorite <laughs> advice um, from my dad. It was crazy what she said. My daddy said, um, just believe in yourself. Like, mm. no matter who's, whatever, anybody has to say, don't worry about it. Like, just believe in yourself. You can't control a lot of things that's around you, but believe in yourself. And he told me, believe in yourself, and also that he was proud of me. And that was, that was enough. That's awesome. That's cool. Good stuff. All right. Welcome to BYU. Glad to be yeah. here. By the way, you're going to have to deal with Blaine and me for a lot, yeah, more, we, lot more than you thought for we'll the BYU good. TV and everything yeah, else we host we do. a bunch of shows at BYU TV, pre- and post-game shows and stuff like that. So, so we'll I'm glad we're I'm able glad to get together. Yeah, you too. bet. We'll let you go back to the green room because we're going to do some stuff with you after okay. for uh, Cougar Board. But uh, thank you so much. Thank and, you guys uh, having me on. We look forward to seeing you awesome. on the field in two weeks. How about that? I'm excited about it. We'll come watch you. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Gary. Gary Bohannon, BYU's new quarterback and uh, uh, loved what he had to say about everything that he had to say. We, I, that, Blaine, that might be one of our most intriguing yes. interviews we've ever Great. had on the so show. So good to have Gary on here. Yes. Good and, times, and bad you, you times, can, growing times. You can already tell that, that Gary's going to be a great fit here um, yeah. for, for BYU. So Next week, Craig Cusick's going to join us. Kristen Kozlowski will be with us. Uh, later in February, Garrett and Dave Rose uh, Connor Pay, Coach Steve Cleveland, Noah Hartsock, and David Nixon, Max Hall, TJ Haas, they'll be with us as we get into March. Before the big dance, Greg Rubel and Mark Durant. Yeah. And uh, we'll set the table for, uh, for what's next for BYU basketball. Let's, uh, let's close out here with uh, some things that are going on on campus Yeah, um, that uh, will be fun to talk about. By the way, when we talk about women's basketball, Jimmer made his broadcasting debut the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, myself, Kristen Kozlowski, and Jimmer, we were on the call for the women's game against West Virginia. It's something he wants to do. Uh, that was his first time. And Did he encourage jacking up a bunch of threes? That's what I wanted. <laughs> he, he wanted more scoring, which made sense. But but I, it got me thinking back to the first games that we did. Oh, my. Way back in the 80s, late 90s. Uh, 80s, late 80s, and then we've been doing them ever since. I think we're in our 33rd year together um, Every and once those in a while feelings was, of yeah. wanting oh, to really be good, yeah, but not sure how to do it until you do it. And we see pictures of us back in those days. People will bring us pictures or send something to say, hey, I just came across this. Wow, did we? We look like a little kids when we started. And we were, we were just kids we were when we started. Kids. So. Uh, okay, so. uh, Mark asking us a question. Will there be any more talk about baseball and softball yes. next week? We'll update you on how they're doing. Yeah. We've had both coaches on already. And you can find those interviews at ysguys.com yep. with a Gordon Eakin and uh, Trent Pratt. So those are waiting for you. So back to women's basketball. They're now 12 and 11. They're 2 and 8. They're having a tough go in the Big 12. Not a surprising thing, no, and just tough. Really young team. Remember, one of the top recruiting classes in the country, but playing a bunch of freshmen, and they, and they knew that this would be a, a big transition for that team. But 
Everybody you talk to goes, wow, that young guard line is really talented. And you watch how big of a step they take forward next year. Um, West Virginia, uh, number 23, uh, they lost 76 to 69. 22 turnovers in that game that you called, Dave. Uh, that was the difference maker. 29-4 in differential in points off of turnovers. That's how you lose a basketball game. So. Yeah. But Lauren Gustin's always good. 16 points, 14 rebounds. She's still number one in college basketball in rebounding. Yeah. Jack, we've had a request. Les is saying, please move the Ute logo a bit more off-center uh, so that we don't, we don't have to more see it so clear. Maybe a little more off-center. All right. well, Jack will take a, take a look Great at that. Suggest- and you know what? That's, that's from, not us talking. And Jack, that's from the eye of an artist, keep in mind, right? That's from <laughs> that's, the eye of a world-famous artist. So. Right. This week for the women, an 18th-ranked Baylor is at BYU. That's Wednesday. Seven Mountain on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Yeah, and then Saturday at Cincinnati at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. That's on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio as well. Men's Volleyball, 7-3, and 4-2. and two. They had the week off, but they moved up in the polls to number eight. This week, Long Island's at BYU Thursday and Saturday. You know, Gary, you need to go watch that men's volleyball game. It's crazy. That, that's next level stuff. Yeah, they're, they're and they're always competing for a national so, championship in that program. Thursday, yeah. Saturday, seven Mountain Time on BYU TV. Jerem Jordan and Steve Vale on the call. Yeah, and they mentioned softball. So here you go. Season opener is Thursday, February eighth. Um, that opener is in a tournament. They start with Missouri, Kansas City, in Manoa, Hawaii. They're over in Hawaii. We have volunteered over and over again to cover that tournament, they but nobody's take taking it us up on up it. On it. No, we're here. They're there. It's been yeah. raining here all day. They're, they're going to work. Their home Big 12 opener is not until March 7th, and that's when Texas Tech will come to town. By the way, the Groundhog came out and yeah. said that uh, it's going to be an early spring. So he, he, so we, he wasn't afraid of his shadow. Wasn't afraid of it. And so uh, that's good for softball and baseball. Remember yeah. last year we had like snow through into April. Yeah, do you believe in that thing? We'll see. Have you ever seen it's the, on the Groundhog. Groundhog Day with Bill Yeah, Murray? it's a classic. Yeah, it's great. Now, my friend Kevin Eubank, our friend Kevin Eubank, does not like Groundhog Day. He doesn't believe in it. We were talking about it on Sports Nation the other day because he's got his maps and charts and satellite imagery yeah. and history and all that stuff, and he rolls out the forecast, and then someone goes, yeah, but, but what did the Groundhog yeah, say? Yeah, the Groundhog saw his shadow <laughs> and went back in. It's going to be a long winter. So anyway, okay. uh, so we'll keep an eye on that, but let's hope so because... We need some home games. Yeah, so, so we covered softball, baseball, season opener February 16th against USC. That's at 5 o'clock Mountain in Mesa, Arizona on BYU Radio. Yeah, I'm going to be on the call on that That's one. That's right. You're, gonna, you're on the it's, road. You're calling weeks. baseball by yourself. I know. it. I'm going to be asking myself questions and answering them. But those first few games are in the Cubs spring training facility. So you're going to be just living life because that's, so that's your team. They'll be yeah. okay. Home opener is February 19th. Uh, it's March 19th, not February 19th, against Gonzaga. And we'll hope for good but weather on you, that one. You don't have to call that by yourself, right? No, I got Gary Scheide. Okay, good. In the booth. But like if you need I might me be at, calling you to say you've got to come join me. If you, you need me at home, I've got you. But I don't <laughs> know if I can go on the road with you. So. Uh, track and field. We, we talked a little bit about this with Diljeet. Um but let's re-mention it again because it's worth mentioning. Former Cougars Connor Mance and Clayton Young uh, finished the U.S. Marathon Olympic Trials first and second place. One and two. Um, best friends, training partners. They both run in the Paris Olympics this summer. Wow. Uh, Jimmer's going to be over there. Uh, so we got three so far going in. Uh, to the Olympics, and we expect there'll be more. Uh, Jack Christie has come on the live stream and said, why don't you swap the Ute logo with the ASU logo? All kinds of... All then kinds. it'll be less prominent in the wide angle. I think that's... Uh, I see there's the wide angle. I think you're right. We put the forks up, and then, <laughs> and I then see the how this. See, I, I have to look how this looks. I see look. how this is... 
This, what do you got going on? Yeah. Look how it looks. No, make sure. Yeah. Better, yeah. So. Yeah. So those are our four new neighbors. We're just trying to figure out. No, she's uh, right. They so. need to swap. You, they need to swap Arizona State and you, Utah because then when they're doing this two shot where we're both in, then you won't even see the Utes because yeah. we can't see Arizona State yeah. right now. Something so. to think about. She's right, Christy. Christy, you're right. Uh, Cougars in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs and 49ers Sunday at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. It's on CBS. Fred Warner. And Andy Reid. Fred is going to try to win his first title. Reid is going to try to win his third. And um, you know what? I'd really like Fred to win one, and I'd really like Andy Reid to win it. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to go down. This is one of those games where it doesn't really matter who The Niners wins. are a slight favorite. I can find joy in either team winning in this one. But I'm rooting for you. No, I always root for Andy. Yeah. Well, when Fred's on the show, we may have to come clean. That but, we root for Andy? Yeah. It's okay. Fred will understand. <laughs> so... I think it's going to be an interesting game. The Super Bowl is interesting. I was there when the Eagles beat the Patriots working for Channel mm-hmm. 5. And one thing I noticed is, it, and that was in Minneapolis, it was, it was the world's biggest event, right? Right up until it wasn't. As soon as the last second ticked off, uh, the odds for the next year's Super Bowl teams came out, and it was like the most depressing thing. The, the sweepers came out and just started cleaning up because there was another event coming in. And I was just sitting there just going, man, all year, this is the thing. And the second it's over, it's about, well, who's going to get it next year? Let me tell you what's that gonna, was a weird feeling. Let me tell you what's going to make this one more memorable than any in history. Because it's the in Ch- Vegas? The Chiefs are going to win. It's in Vegas. The Chiefs are going to win in your old hometown. Yeah. Um, Kelsey's going to be the MVP. And then at the end of the game, in the Super Bowl trophy ceremony, he's going to kneal down, bring Taylor Swift up, and ask her to marry him. Do you have insider information on this? She asks him to marry him on the podium. She says yes. I think that's one of her songs. It'll never ever, so, it'll, that would never be topped. That's how you think that's going to go down. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know who would really, really love that to happen? Even more so than maybe Travis and Taylor is CBS. Yeah, that would be the highest <laughs> ratings of all time. That's, I know it's a stretch, but if it happens, just remember just I called we, it here. And, and we'll, if it doesn't happen, I take no responsibility we'll, for that. We'll evaluate the whole thing. No pressure. We didn't put any pressure yeah, on it. Yeah. On those guys. On this day, on February 5th. 1921. This, uh, this year, you go first because you're from New York. Yeah, this is my hometown. 1921, Yankees purchased 20 acres in the Bronx for Yankee Stadium. And then they and built the other Yankee Stadium next the par- to the old yeah, Yankee they, Stadium. Yeah, they built it in the parking lot, and then they tore down the old one, and then they put the parking lot where the old one was. 20 acres, 1921. On this day, on 19, in 1971, the Apollo 14 lands on the moon. Remember Apollo 13 was the movie. Right. And then Apollo 14 got up there and got it done. Yeah, that was anticlimactic after Apollo 13. (laughs) They're like, well, hey, we landed. Right. 1972, Bob Douglas, the first African-American elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame. 1972. Yeah. 1977, Sugar Ray Leonard makes his professional boxing debut, wins a unanimous decision. I had a chance to spend time with him over the years in Vegas and... uh, just a tremendous athlete. Do you know who I think may have actually boxed with Sugar Ray Leonard at one time? Vi Sikahema. Really? Yeah, I think they're similar in age, and Vi was coming up through Golden Gloves when Sugar Ray was. We'll have to ask Vi. Vi took a turn into football because he said it was a lot less work than working out to be a <laughs> professional boxer. His dad was very disappointed, but when he made the Pro Bowl, his dad was okay with it. So right. We'll have to check yeah. with him on that. Yeah, we'll check with him. 1988. First primetime wrestling match in 30 years. Andre the Giant beat Hulk Hogan. I didn't know Hulk Hogan had any defeats 
except for in Rocky. But IV. Andre the Giant, come on. But Andre, Andre, Andre the Giant's greatest moment, Princess Bride. Yeah, he's a big man. Yeah. Uh, here's an interesting development. On this day in 1990, Notre Dame becomes the first team to sell a game to a major network. Right. And now they're all sold. Yeah, and NBC was their partner. Yeah. And, and uh, every game's on TV now yeah. or streamed. But uh, that's when it started, 1990, when Notre Dame goes, you know what? I think we can get our own deal. Yeah. We can sell our own games. And nothing's been the same since. No. So how about in 2006? There were a lot of super, you know, super Bowls around this time of year. So yeah. Super Bowl um, in 2006, the Steelers beat the Seahawks 21 to 10. In 2012, the Giants beat the unbeaten Patriots 21-17. Isn't that the one where what's-his-name made that great catch? Oh, was it? Was that the one? I know the Giants played out of their heads. Yeah, and was was Eli the MVP in 12? I think so. Yeah. 2017, the Patriots rallied to stun the Falcons 34-28. They come from down. Yeah, that was a that was a stunner. Yeah, yep. that was a stunner. Birthdays on this day, February fifth, nineteen thirty four. The great Hank Aaron. In nineteen forty two, Roger Staubach, the Cowboys great from nineteen sixty nine to seventy nine, two Super Bowls, Navy grad. We were Cowboy fans because of Roger Staubach. Yep. Nineteen forty seven, Daryl Waltrip of NASCAR fame. Yep. Nineteen forty eight, Barbara Hershey. She was uh, in, in Hoosiers. She was Gene Hackman's love interest in yep, Hoosiers. In Hoosiers. Uh, one of the greatest sports movies uh, ever, ever made. In 1985, we're moving, uh, we're moving up in years. Christian Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Is it Christian or Christian? I think it's Christian. But he's one of the few people in the world you just call him Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, I didn't even know to even write his first name. You don't even have to say his other name, Ronaldo. And everybody knows who that is. Here, wise guys, inspirational quote of the week. It is from Roger Staubach, yeah, the Dallas Roger Cowboys Staubach. quarterback. Navy grad and uh, all-around good guy. Great businessman after he got out of uh, football. He says, spectacular achievements come from unspectacular preparation. Did, did, did Gary Bohannon just describe that to us? I think so. You weren't plagiarizing Roger Staubach, right? <laughs> when, when, when Gary said that... Every day, we just got to win every oh, yeah. practice, every day, and those things will come. That's what that's Roger Staubach's saying. Spectacular achievements come from unspectacular preparation. Got to win the workout. Every day. Win the workout, win the Big 12. Yeah. Hey, don't forget about um, Dave's book. It's the best alphabet book on the market. It's the only BYU football alphabet yeah, book on the market. C is for Cougar. Look um, at all that stuff. There's Austin Colley in the spotlight, Ty Detmer, Steve Young. There's a legend behind every letter. It's perfect for birthdays and all that stuff. And it's available at Deseret Book, Siegel Book, BYU Store, and Amazon. I got my first royalty check oh, you did. the other day. Yeah, um, that was kind of cool. And I hope everybody knows who got the very first book. Right here on the show. Right on the show. Because right here on the show. We opened it up. We opened the box, the very first box, and I took the first book. It wasn't given to me. I just took it, and you signed it. And so the very first book... Sits. You saw it because it's on your. It's in your. We did, we did a little thing from my study. office the other day. It's right in my study, displayed in a great place. With a little light on it too. I yep. thought it was a nice yep. touch. You know that I, I take care of you, my man. Hey, thank you to uh, Diljeet Taylor and uh, to BYU quarterback Gary Bohannon. Uh, after this interview, and I'm going to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see him play. Yep, really pumped. I can't wait for spring ball. Six I can't three, wait for spring ball. Two twenty five. Lots of experience. Shoulders healthy. Yeah, and is familiar with the offense. I mean, what else you got? What else you looking for? And think about that. As as a single year transfer, you know, um, 
one of the things that Keaton was dealing with was he came in to learn a brand new offense. Yeah. Um, he'd been in the air raid offense his whole career, really. Yeah, he wasn't running the football. Right. Um, so, so Gary has a big advantage in that he's actually run this offense. That puts him way ahead, uh, and I think that's that's a something I hadn't even thought about. So that should that should give him a, a leg up going into spring ball. It should be really fun. Next week we'll have more BYU football. Craig Cusick, former guard for the Cougars, will be here to talk men's hoops, and Kristen Kozlowski will talk men's hoops and women's hoops as we climb closer to March. I love that we're in February because when the weather's lousy, like in, like when it snows, like it's going to. You're not here supposed this weekend, to rain every day. Then it just goes away. When I hear the word atmospheric river hitting the West Coast, I don't even know what to make of that, but that's what I'm hearing. So I don't don't know, but uh, Pebble Beach sure got hit by the atmospheric river, uh, and they called off that golf tournament on on Sunday. That's right. Hey, the podcast will be out tomorrow. Look for it. Share it with your friends. Uh, Please go to YouTube and like us, and uh, we'll continue to build, and we appreciate everybody from all over the world tonight on our live stream. And uh, look for clips and look for our email. By the way, if you go to wiseguys.com and, and you sign up for the free email, you'll just get it sent to you with, with highlights of all the fascinating things Gary said. That's right. And Coach Taylor said. And uh, it's, it's cool. It's like going into a 7-Eleven. You just pick the treats yeah. you like. And then once you're in there, you can go back and look at whatever you want. You can even hear Libby and I sing. Yep. There's some singing. By, by the way, I just went and watched Libby in Wicked. How'd she do? Oh, so fun. What part did she play? She played the featured dancer in this one. So she was right up front. And she also flew as a flying monkey across the front. She was at a flying some point monkey? In the, in the show, yeah. So it's well, pretty when, fun. When you're going to New York, everyone go see Wicked. Go see Wicked. Saturday. Go see Libby. Have a great week, everybody. We will see you Saturday night on right. BYU TV at 7 o'clock Mountain Time and pregame show for BYU and Get Kansas, ready for State. Kansas State. And remember, tomorrow night, the Cougars and the Sooners. You steal another one on the road? That's right. You steal another one on the road. You're in, you're in a great spot. They beat Oklahoma, then they come home and beat Kansas State. They're in. They're tracking toward what we talked about in a four seed. So Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. See y'all.